Level check. How are we looking? Well, I'm looking just fantastic, thank you. I do mean, I do I need to raise my voice or am I at an okay level? Here? I was going to say right. I didn't brush my hair today, but <laughs> I'm still looking great. <laughs> As usual. Hold on one second. This episode is sponsored by Strongbow. It really is. Shit. I okay wish we could that. that would be a great sponsor. Yeah. I, I should reach out to... Hey, do you guys hear the Stormcrows reopening? Yes. No. I missed that. It's 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 under a new name yeah. with a slightly different vibe. All right, we're going completely off script. I'm not even gonna. We're going edit. commando. <laughs> Already there. I, I was in the middle of saying I'm not even gonna edit this episode. It's gonna be the Christmas mailbag is coming in raw. Perfect raw dog. We're just gonna raw dog this one. Ironic that the okay. Christmas episode's not wrapped. Raw dogging is commitment. It could be. It is. It's potential. Or gambling. It's, it's a gamble. A little bit of gamble gamble. Mm-hmm. So, before we get into this special mailbag episode of It's a Mimic, what do you guys want for Christmas? Oh, good oh, question. Lord. My sanity back. That'd be great. <laughs> do you know what it looks like anymore? No, or? it's like, it's like my sanity is so far down, like, the line, the line is dot to me. Like, I, yeah, I would love I feel to that. get that back. Yeah, I'm going to be more materialistic. I really want a Steam Deck, the new OLED model. I just want to be able to play games on the go. That's cute. Yeah. I have kids. I don't get to buy things for myself anymore. <laughs> That's dark, Brad. <laughs> they get all the toys. That's fair. What do you want, Adam? No, it's not about me. I don't ask for Christmas presents. Actually, you want to know what I asked for? What you ask the for? The one thing that I made sure that both Dan and uh, Dan, Dave, and Charlie all knew, because we do Secret Santa, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I said to them... Uh, I have lifted the ban off of people giving me dice and people giving me minis, and I would like, I would like. I need dice and minis. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This needs to come back into my life. No dice, no minis. Charlie knew better, and he got me something else. He, well, he got me a board game, and it was rad. Yeah. Oh, so right. like, I'm fine with that. But no, nothing. Jerks. I know. I'm just so the reason I... Dan's not on the podcast anymore. It, it, yeah, because he didn't buy you dice. That's not the reason, but it it could be a reason. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. I didn't really ask, I didn't ask, ask or anything. I think the only thing I know that I might be getting is a new PlayStation 5 controller. Because mm. I'm doing the whole, like, uh, medium distance girlfriend thing right now, where I constantly have to bring my PlayStation to my partner's house, and then I often leave my controller there. Ah. And then I have to use a PS4 controller, which, for anybody who knows, is not as great as the no. PS5 Inferior controller. by Inferior. Far. So, it's been a very frustrating pinpoint for me, so I feel like they're going to get me one of those. So, we'll find out. If they don't, sorry for the prediction. But <laughs> I, I, uh, I actually, I said to everyone who would listen, I want a Roomba. Oh, nice. I don't know if you guys ever look down when you walk into this place, but you got to walk through the fucking wilderness to get. I to have place. accepted that when I walk into your house, I'm walking into the forest. Yeah, and like everybody just <laughs> brings in pine needles and yeah. tree. I don't even care to walk through your house with my shoes on anymore. You live point. in the mountains. Yeah. yeah. Like, so the mountain lives in my apartment at this point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just a fucking Roomba would be so good for me. You know what? I would, I would love a fucking Roomba. Yeah. My cat would hate it, but what, I would love a Roomba. What would a fucking Roomba look like? Like, you know it's what? just service on the go? or Well, it still sucks. It's yeah, obviously. <laughs> Should we start this episode? <laughs> Train wreck. Are you sure we don't want to this? No, no, no. no. Merry Christmas, everybody. Our gift to you. It's us raw dogging on a mic. So, 
Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic Podcast. Nom nom. Uh, where you never know what you're going to get. We are talking about mailbag stuff, which means you guys have sent in questions and we're going to answer them. And most of them are from patrons, but not all of them are. So in the past, we've listed off uh, who was asked what, but I think we're just going to skip that and get right to the questions. Let's do it. Uh, because at this point, I think we have named all of these names at least twice on every episode. So. Except for, except for Hydrus. Hi, Hydrus. Welcome to the family. That's a new name. Yeah, so everybody else has done this before. Actually, I think DM Greg the Great. I is think this new. is their first also, mailbag. First mailbag. Yeah. They've been around the page or the Discord for a bit. Yeah. But. yeah so but anyway, so uh the, fucking and, Gregory. And <laughs> it's not an undead episode. Sorry. <laughs> but the uh the uh I just assume that we've had questions from them in the past on different platforms under different names. Yeah. So that's probably reasonable. Sure. So the way that this is going to work, because normally we have a list of 20 questions. This time we've got a list of 23 questions. Uh, so we're going to hold back and maybe not answer three of them and wait if there's a better. Host. We have three vetoes. So yeah, we have three it. vetoes that you guys are going to have to put up with because yeah. we're going to do 20 episodes. Um, 20 episodes. So 20 questions. I have to go home and go to bed at some point. So. <laughs> no, you don't. That is a damn lie. You were online at 4 a.m. Well, that is you 14. <laughs> Get so. ready for that next expansion. You got to start gearing up. I am. You know, just got my max level. <laughs> All right, so let's grab dice mm. to see what order we're going to ask the first five questions in. All right, let's do it. You got to get it into the dice tower. Okay, guys, thanks. <laughs> you got to get it in. I got a two. Thirteen. I got a ten. All right, so we're going counterclockwise, starting with Megan. Yeah. Did you have the thing brought yeah. up on your phone? Let, like me I... get it. Let me get my phone. God damn it. Give me, give me, now you're going to have to edit No, we're not going to edit this. No, we're we're going to leave it in. Yeah, this is... <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't, I don't know. We might have to edit that. I don't think we have the, the right. I think to... I was under the limit, or it's still fair use. Okay. We should be fine. If, if we're if we're out of tone enough. If we're off key enough. <laughs> That's right. Then... Can I have them I could have been any song. <laughs> All right, here we go. So I have to roll a dice, right? Is that how this works? You just Usually. did. So now you just go with... Oh, we're just order. taking them raw this I time. I a raw question? Uh, no, let's go in order. So then no, I mean, like, do I roll what I rolled? No, because otherwise we're going to land on six, nine freaking times. And... Isn't that the fun of it? All right, fine. Yeah, roll what you, roll what you want. <laughs> I want to pick a random question. All right, p- pick a random question. Well, I want to roll for it. Well, then roll for it, Megan. <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas. We'll play D&D, Adam. <laughs> Let me have this. Five. All right. Hold on here. Oh, how appropriate. I know. Oh, my phone doesn't like this at all. Oh, there we go. Okay, I'll just have to do it this way. All right. <clears throat> Loved hearing the ladies just clown on Lord Soth. We did do that. Fuck. Did as- you ever? <laughs> the, the poor man. Uh, also, this comes from Makusa DM. Uh, but as some novel state, at one point, Lord Soth ends up in Barovia and other domains till he gets his own, and after many years, as a dark lord, finds redemption. After reading both Curse of Strahd and Dragonlance, good for you, I have done that, not done that, would you be interested in if Wizards of the Coast continued either either adventure and a party who played their Dragonlance or Curse of Strahd could end up in the second adventure, high-level adventure? Also, how would you go about creating such an adventure? So I'm assuming this is about, like, if we wanted to continue... Once you're done Curse of Strahd or Dragonlance, you keep going with Lord Soth. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is it would end in a marriage. And then you have a lineage and a child and the children's. That has never worked out for him. Uh, you know what? This or is, his Why would it work this time? Okay, someone could change him. 
Oh my! God. Oh wow! <laughs> oh Megan! Oh no! no Megan. Um, so this is welcome to it's a mimic therapy session. <laughs> what? Well, I could be the one. <laughs> you sure could be. You go, Neo. Fuck. I can be the one. I'll write the story. I'll write the tale. All right, Pepperina, calm down. Yeah, right. Well, this is for Peps. It's either me or Peps. Let's be real. Or both. Or both. Yeah. Maybe it's an open relationship, and between the two of you, you can finally fix whatever's going on. Oh, my God. Both the bride from Dragonlance and Curse of Strahd end up teaming up as team members to... That's mer- called tag teaming. It's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Just run the train. <laughs> Just because I'm thirsty for more Lord Soth. <laughs> Lord Soth needs a Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we would run that. We would run his show. I hope you know. <laughs> okay, so that that's not how I would do it. How would you do it? <laughs> so me and Dan. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> no, okay. So so obviously I would take it from the Dragonland side because... You're fighting Tachesis the whole time, and he's just kind of like a minion. Mm-hmm. And so I would Darth Vader him at the end of the first Star Wars. We're partway through. You just, like, knock him out, and he, oh, no, off into the fucking distance. Yeah. Right? And then pops up again later. So as much as his, like, when you play the uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen, his backstory is very much a major plot through the last, like, third of the game. Okay. But he also has a number of lieutenants and other people with him. So he comes kind of geared up. So I would have him get banished or whatever to Barovia. And then have the the Soth versus Strahd war. And you have to kind of figure out what Strahd's whole deal is. And then I would just level the fuck out of the Curse of Strahd campaign. While also having Lord Soth kind of dick around at the Amber Temple. Or maybe he's up at the top of Mount, what is it, Bear Talk, I think. Like, whatever it is. So, Mm -hmm. that's how I would do it. Okay. I have no thoughts on this because this is out of my wheelhouse. You don't do vampires and undead gluttony? I would. I just don't care enough to do them myself. That's lust. It's not gluttony. I don't know. I hunger for a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to go there? We're just going to hold a little raw dog in this, aren't we? (laughs) We sure are. I have had only one strongbow. (laughs) There you go. Well, so far. No, Curse of Strahd just is not my jam. I would play it if it was what the Kim Lawyer group was doing, but I just haven't dug into it. That's fair. I feel like your jam is a little bit more funhouse. It is. Yeah. Like, I'm probably the only person on this podcast who actually actively wants to play Spelljammer. <laughs> I would play in it, but I don't want to DM it. Yeah, I don't want to DM it either. I would That's play in it problem. as long as it lasts for five months and I'm done. Oh, yeah. It would have to be a short campaign, but yeah. I do want to do it. I would not. That's okay. I will also play in your L5R campaign to get my serious shit out of the way. That's fair. So. I like giving people feelings. And then I'm, ghosting. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> what is that? That's, Six. That's a nine. That oh, is a nine. A nine, yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, do dwarven women have beards? And if so, is it on their faces? Okay. Any <laughs> Anyone can have hair on their face. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. But and anyone can have hair everywhere else, else if they want. Yeah. Like if if they want. I'm just I'm just saying I always loved the Tolkien version yeah. of of dwarven women having beards. Yes. And they're being hard to, to differentiate. Yeah. 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 I also like look, we've got elves can swap genders. Yeah. I like that we've got super like androgynous like changelings and Kalishtar. Mm-hmm. I like that we've got kobolds that can change genders. Having just a androgynous, but in the other direction, not like the yeah. super sleek female, mm-hmm. like androgynous, the Tilda Swinton version, right? But having just like a really like B 
beefy, bulky, bearded race. Yes. And it doesn't matter what gender they are. Absolutely. Yeah. That that feels that just feels fun and good and interesting and new and yep. yeah. Yeah. I'm fully on board with that. Um in fact, a little off topic, but Minds of Moria was a game that came out very recently, focused specifically on the dwarves. Yeah. And they went fully down that route. Like good. you can beard out your female dwarves as much as you want, and it looks fantastic. Oh. Like it really it fits. Yep. It suits. I'm totally on board with it. And as for the anywhere else, everywhere else. Because they're kind of like low-key Scottish coated some yep. of the time. Yeah. I would totally have them wearing kilts with like lower beard hanging down with beads in it. <laughs> hey, oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Like the hair. Just super long. <laughs> yeah. The hair beads. <laughs> yeah. I'm to dread the shit out of that. <laughs> they gotta like steam it so it straightens. There's a braid shit, like... between the ass cheeks. <laughs> you know what? We call it the dwarven tail. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a tug. <laughs> Megan, do, do dwarven women have beards? And if so, oh, hundred percent. Like I, I do like the idea that we have like these species in these games that can be androgynous and yeah. they can be still attractive and you know cared for by whomever they decide to be in mm-hmm. a relationship with. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just it, it's a feel good moment. So yeah, I agree. All right. I think we're all in favor. Mm-hmm. All right. Next one. Beards for all. Eight. All right. Oh, I'm on the same vein. Do female halflings have hairy feet? And is it desirable? Or is there a surge of, you know, the younger generation preferring shaved feet? So is it taboo to show shaved feet? Or do they just wear feet thongs? AKA flip-flops. Uh, I'll, I'll go right up on this. And halflings... It's not in 5e that they have hairy feet. That is a hobbit thing. Yeah. That is not a halfling thing. That's the hobbitses. So homebrew it as you will. According to 5e rules, though, I say nobody has hairy feet unless you want them to. Wherever you want to do it. Hey, man, if it makes me money on only toes and, like, feet finder, feet finder then, like, baby. you do you. <laughs> <laughs> so I personally don't king shame, but there's one thing that I cannot handle, and it is feet. Yeah. I don't like feet. So we live in a very wet province and I played soccer when I was younger. So like the sweaty, gross mm-hmm. soccer socks, that's all I can think about. Like ah. I can't, I'm done. I'm not about it. So for me personally, in my game, everybody wears shoes. Mm. Everybody wears shoes unless they have cloven hooves, right? Like mm. I often put my monks in some sort of strap sandal. Yeah. Sure, yeah, that makes right, that makes sense. A strap, like, some sort of strap footwear. They're not generally walking around barefoot, right? That I, again, that's a hobbit thing to me. Not I'm not going thing. to Quentin Tarantino my fucking D and D. Oh god, no! Like that's. I'm not, not describing gonna, feet. No, no, that's. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the sleek shape of their toes, despite how much I know for a fact there is at least one host that is not here in the room today that would be all over that shit, and it would be very uncomfortable very quickly. And I will let the listeners speculate as to who that is. <laughs> Anyways, Megan, that's you. No, not 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 not, 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 not that. I said not on this episode. I said not on this episode. You can find me on Finder at Megan Sparkle Toes. Oh, I'm at twenty. Yay! Good for me. When was it that you realized you loved TTRPGs? This is from Acid Dialogue. When did I realize I loved them? I would say there was a moment when I was in a campaign, my first campaign I ever played in. It was my partner made me play, and I hated everything about it. But then I got so attached to my character that when something happened, I actually went home that day and I cried about it. 
And I was like, why am I so upset about this? And I'm like, I'm so attached to this character and what's happening to them and like going through these emotions that this character is going. And that was the first time I realized like I am invested in this mm -hmm. and I want to see where this goes. And like, I was excited for the next session. I was excited for the next thing to happen. And like, I was connected to the people that I was playing with and the players that they had. It was like the first time I reached out to be like, okay, what do we do next? Like, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? And like, that would definitely be around the time that there was one of my first campaigns I ever played in was that one of the first campaign I ever played in was a 3.5 D&D mm -hmm. and it was a terrible experience and I hated it. Because of the mechanics or because of the people? Both. Okay. It was a different group, different mechanics, different style of playing. And then when I played with this new group, again, it's the people that make it. Absolutely. I played with great storytellers, people that are really good at having dialogue at the table and making it, they were also as invested as you were, so we were having emotional conversations at the table. And like that, for me, made the difference and made me realize I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Nice. So. I think for me, like I played 3.5, I came up through it, and like right from the beginning of when it became 0.5, I, yeah. I had the 3.0 player's handbook for the first few months there, like but it was just a bunch of guys sitting around theory crafting the best way to beat the mechanics to to just min max the shit out of stuff and power game and so not my jam yeah i yeah. i would get there i enjoyed the puzzle of it i yep. really did like the puzzle of it but i did not show up for the story it wasn't the game it was no different than doing like a puzzle book like a sudoku or something mm -hmm. right so but, uh, incidentally my favorite thing is that dan calls them sudukos so he gets it backwards. Yeah, that tracks. That. Yeah. So so there we go. But anyway, so like I like that, but it wasn't until fourth edition, which was thoroughly flawed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we actually sat down to play a game, to do a module, and I got so invested in it. And then when the DM moved away and took all my three thousand dollars worth of minis and my nineteen books and everything else, I was so heartbroken. And I didn't realize it until suddenly it wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember the night I found out, I laid in, in bed all night. I watched the sun come up through my bedroom window. And I was just sitting there staring at the ceiling going, why am I so upset about this? Yeah. Like how, at what point did this become so important to me? Mm -hmm. and, and it got so important and it surprised me so much that I swore off D&D &D for six, seven years. Mm -hmm. Not until 5th edition was a third of the way through and I came back. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was probably... Our campaign, the clear-cut campaign, is when I really fell in love with it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. It, I'm so sorry. It was the murder. The <laughs> brilliant watching Adam intricately kill a party of all new players or inexperienced players with I, his own antics, coordinating with Dan the DM, and seeing, okay, this is fun. Like, this terrible thing happened, and it was the most fun I've had in a long time. Yeah. Like, having my character killed off was actually delightful for me. I love it. That's when you know you're playing in a good yeah. game. Yeah. It was just like, I, I'm not upset because this was one of the most fantastic things I've ever seen. Yeah. I spent an hour la last week, because I was in the car, I spent an hour trying to, like, radio off, stuck in traffic, staring, like, like through traffic, yep. trying to remember the name of the kobold. Oh, shit. The NPC that I, like, kidnapped yep. when I murdered the rest of you. And then I yeah. dipped through a portal. I, I probably have it in notes somewhere, but I do I, not recall it. I, yeah, I could head. not, for the life of me, remember what I named that Cobalt NPC. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, is that me? You're That's next. You. 19. Almost as good as a 20. Uh, oh, boy. Cast the Princess Bride today. Okay, I'm oh, going to have to look up the cast of Princess Bride. Currently. Right? Hold on here. Um, all right. First of all, I'm going to say this. 
Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, who played the old people, still could still look. They could yeah. just reprise their roles, and that they were perfect. Absolutely, that was absolutely fine. Yeah, would not change. Can we just bring the whole cast back and just do it again? I mean, no, we can't. No, we there's can't. a few losses, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Is Waller Shawn still around? No, I don't believe so. Is he not? I think if he died, it was very recent. Yes, I feel like it was during COVID, though. Yeah, yeah I that, think he that did. sounds right. Or no? Oh, no, still going. Still going. Still there going. We go. 80 years old. I mean, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. Okay, all right, hold on. Let me see if I can do this. The Prince Humperdink. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Lowe. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. What's his What's his henchman's name? Uh, his Igor? henchman? You're talking about the one in the basement? No, no, no. No, um... No, the six-fingered hand. Yeah. Because I, I want him to be Adam Driver. Oh, that would be good. Like, I really... You'd probably have to age him up a little bit, but I a really little. like him for... I think he would be just, like, super fucking weird about the pain stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just yeah. weird. Just fucking weird, <laughs> and I'm all for it. Um, Inigo Montoya... Oh, shit. I don't do celebrity names, but it is... Ah, crap. Hold on, I'm going to look this up because it's going to drive me crazy. The actual Nico Montoya is Mandy Pat. No, yeah, I know it's bad, but Mandy Tinkin is was the original. Yeah. But who's everybody's celebrity crush right now? Pedro. The, Pedro. Oh, Pedro Pascal. Pe- yeah. Oh, I, I, th- I thought the same because he's supposed to be Spanish, <laughs> yes. right? Like, yeah. I thought the same thing. He's a little bit older, but... Uh, you can make it work. Yeah, it's against Adam Driver, like, you killed my yeah. father. It's not, it's not going to work, but I, but I like but, it. But who, who's replacing Andre? Uh, the Mountain. The, oh, oh, no, no. no. Hodor. Which, oh, uh, oh Hodor, yes. I don't know what his real name is, but yeah, yeah. Hodor. Hodor. I think he would be just that same level of fun. A little bit of hilarity. Christian yeah. Nairn. Yeah. There it is. Because somebody's going to be on the podcast right now. And that's fine. Yeah. I don't know who I would do like Wesley. Wesley, and, yeah. Wesley and Buttercup. Buttercup. I don't know. Like. Who's young and hot these days. Uh, that's just it. I'm yeah. not paying attention to. Because we're, we're in our mid to late 30s. And yeah. we're all like. Oh, who's doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? What's his face? Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. I don't know. I, I don't, does he have the comedy chops though? I don't think he's got the ch- comedy yeah, chops. Well, it has to be boyish. But that's too boyish. Maybe. Like, there, like he has to have a certain level of like. But you know who I would want is Donald Glover from five years ago. Mm. Okay. Okay. Right. That'd be good. Let's go look up like famous. And who's Princess actresses. Buttercup then? I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of like the young actresses. Yeah. Because I sat down and I watched what's that fucking. You know what, Taylor Swift. <laughs> no. 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 We're gonna make it a sing along. <laughs> you know they're, they're doing that to so many movies now, mm-hmm. where they're making like musicals and then. <gasps> Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. It would be yeah. so cute. Yeah, and, and then she's age appropriate. Then, for Donald yeah, Robert, that's true. Yeah. So I like that. And then what about uh, what's his name? Who replaces Wallace Shawn? We just have Wall Sean back again. I mean, yeah, I'm, cool. yeah I'm, I'm totally fine with bringing him back. Yeah, he it's too perfect in that role. I wouldn't be able to. Those 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 rats, the giant rats, the rouses, yeah, of unusual size. Yeah, I, I would replace them with hamsters. No, I would replace them with the cast of cats. Hmm. <laughs> Buttholes and everything. Well, because they're super creepy and they are weirdly vicious. Yeah. Like I just I would not want to turn my back on one of those. That's fair. Is that? I think we got it's like the, the key cast. roles. Actually, can we do Brad Williams, the comedian? He's one of the little people comedians. Hilarious. He would do a great job of doing that role. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. I also think that a young Bruce Campbell could have been Wesley. But he's not young. But he's not young anymore. No. But just that smarmy fucking mm-hmm. smirk would have been would have been right. 
What do we got? Who else are we missing, Megan? Uh, no one really. Um, there was the, the, the who is the dungeon keep or the the torturer. <sighs> um, what's the name of the guy? He did Little Britain. He was Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And oh uh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking right, about. What is his fucking name? Billy Crystal. No, no. <laughs> not Billy Crystal. <laughs> Uh, Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. Yeah. yeah, I think he would be a. Phenomenal he would. Yeah, that player. is a perfect pull. Yeah. All right. Have we have we covered a basis here? I Actually, think... I could also see Matt Barry doing it. Oh yeah. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But Matt Barry can do no wrong. No. You guys are just saying names. <laughs> Some of us exist outside of video games. I barely exist in video games right now either. Like just pop culture and the outside world is just unbeknownst to me as a whole. I can name Bluey characters. Do you want to go through Bluey characters? That's my life is these that days. Is that TV series with the dogs? Yeah, the most delightful te- show on television. Yeah. I've seen TikToks about that. Sure. Welcome to Parenthood. Woo! It's a blast. <laughs> All right, next question. Let's move on. Throw it in. 13. Lucky number 13. Oh. You... All complained that you were getting really sensible questions for being a D&D podcast last mailbag. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't like how this is starting. Oh, good start, good start. So I'm going to maybe get you all real uncomfortable for a laugh. Any dating advice for a 19-year-old straight boy who's really bad at the whole socialization thing? Like being an extrovert, but also being bad at being an extrovert. How are you well, bad at being an extrovert? First of all... Well, for Dan. Uh, yeah. First of all, <laughs> I am not an extrovert. I... So I'm. You've already lost me there. I guess so. Are I dated an and married, so there it is. Are That's you an introvert or extrovert? I'm an introverted extrovert. I like having my social interactions, but they drain the fuck out of me, and I need like five days of recovery. Yeah, yeah. That's an introvert. <laughs> yeah. Am I the only extrovert on the fucking podcast? I think so. Probably. Terry's probably Terry an is up there for sure. When I'm extroverted, though, Peps. like when I'm in my element, I can be extroverted. Yeah, Pep's Peps pretty is an extrovert. Yeah. But no, well, there's a lot of there's a reason we're hiding behind a microphone. With no cameras. Yeah. Not Dan. Not Dave. I'm trying to go through the list now. Yeah. Not James. I think Kyle, Kyle needs no. some, some recharge time. We've got uh, Casey oh. is a no. Tyler. Tyler's, Tyler's an, an extrovert. extrovert. Yeah. yeah. Tyler's the biggest extrovert you will ever meet in your yeah, life. Yeah. In fact, he can't thrive. Here's the thing, though. Like, I, work, I worked jobs where I was required to be an extrovert for 10 to 15 hours of my day. Yeah. And I think that's just what taught me to respect the ideals of quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Dan and I actually had this conversation a little while ago um, about we are introverts who will step up when an extrovert is needed, mm-hmm. right? If we're in a group where there's no extroverts and yeah. you need somebody to step up and do the speech in front of a crowd or do the meet and greet, do the mingling, whatever, we'll yeah. do it, but we're not going to like it is, and we're going to need to recover. Is Elwyn an extrovert? Elwyn is, uh, she's similar. We're very, very loud and opinionated and when in her element, like very out there. But then when it comes to like, she's very, she likes her quiet time with her books. Roman's an extrovert. Roman is an extrovert. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there's a handful of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're not alone. So dating advice then. Um, I don't know. I did it once and it worked. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one in this room right now that's like, a, that has been actively dating in the last five The fuck do you years. think that I have been doing for the last seven years? Well, I mean, like... You've, you've been in a relationship for a while now. That's what I'm saying though. And it's... Yeah, that's true. You are still dating. fucking work. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. long distance dating too, which makes it even harder. Yeah. Num- rule number one: don't be creepy. <laughs> That's hard. These that days. is hard. Yeah. Uh, Delete all your social media. I don't know. I think <laughs> the one piece of advice that I was always given uh, when dating folks and going through the dating world, because I've had to restart a few times in my life. I'm a I'm a long term relationship like person. I mm-hmm. like long term connections. I like being with people. I like getting to know people enough that they become my person. 
But I always, I, I always find in this day and age, kids and folks are so hell-bent on playing the game. Whereas I'm the kind, I've, I've, someone told this to me once and I've stuck with it ever since. If you want to send the text message, send it. If you mm -hmm. want to have a conversation, have it. If you want to hang out with someone, ask. Because at the end of the day, if you end up turning out to be too much for someone, tell them to go find less. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to hide who you are as a person for your needs and your wants because it's just going to come up later. Yeah, you're not going to be able to hide it forever. No, like you might as well just come out of the gate swinging. Like, yep. I don't like this whole idea of trying to hide who you are to become something that someone falls in love with only for you to fuck it up later because who you are will eventually come out. Yeah. So you will find the person that loves your weird. And and I got to say, okay, if you're 19, so it's 19 straight boy yeah. dating, yeah. it feels like your life has already passed you by and you missed all of oh, your opportunities. Yeah. Like tip of the fucking iceberg. You're just coming out of the gate. What, yeah. you, what you need to do is do three things. Be patient. Yeah. Respect other people. And that includes 100%. listen. 100%. And, and respecting other people just means don't push your own shit on them, right? Yeah. And then finally, make yourself available for lots of different kinds of people. They will come to you if you are honest about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so, and that's where that patience comes in. My big thing has always been listen, respect, sincerity. Yeah. That is how I've had success. I have had a long, crazy roller coaster of dating life. Um and it is now coming to an end, which I'm very excited Hooray! about. However, um, because <laughs> we are drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, am, I am very much all about plant your feet and say what you mean and mean what you say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, don't... It, it's the same thing. Don't play the fucking game. Don't play right? the fucking game. And, and you can find life on Tinder... But you won't find life or love on Tinder. Yeah, you, that just, it just won't happen. No. Like the odds of it are so fucking low. Meet people, join clubs, be available, Good. make yourself available. But you create opportunities for other to, others to come to you. You don't go hunting others. No. That's creepy. Yeah. Right. And that's when the creep factor creeps in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like for, the, I feel like I've said this once or twice on the podcast over the years. But like I am a polyamorous. I am a polyamorous oh. person, which means I date multiple people and I deal with multiple hearts at once and every human is different and so to your point when you're saying listens and listen and be sincere is just the only thing you can really do with mm -hmm. another human being and again if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out it's gonna hurt and it's gonna suck but there will be more like I've had long-term relationships I've been engaged I have been all these things throughout my entire life I'm now in my mid-30s and I have lived multiple lives with other people and Every time I restart, it seems like the end, but it just ends up being different and better each time, right? So don't be scared. No. Be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. And the tricky part is going to be where to find the balance, mm -hmm. right? Because there are three people in every two-person relationship. There's you, there's the other person, and then there's the relationship itself. Mm -hmm. That's its own fucking entity. Yeah. Yep. And you need to make you the least important person in the room. And by that, I mean you make the needs of your partner and the needs of the relationship very, very fucking important. But... And let's make it clear. The other person needs to be doing the same. Yes, and that's just it. You don't sacrifice yourself. No. You just prioritize others. Yeah. So that you yeah. give of yourself, and then hopefully the other two things will give back. And so then each person who is separate is giving enough and mm -hmm. getting from two entities, both their partner and the relationship. Because there are some times I talk to Mieka and 
we're not getting along. And I mean, it's long distance and communication yeah. is so fucking important. It's so difficult to and do. And so, yeah. And fortunately, we have had years of only being able to talk. Yeah. That's it. We can't just get over it or walk to another room and close the door. We do a thing where we don't hang up on each other. Mm-hmm. We'll sit there until the other person is ready to say it all. And then, and then we move forward. And it's so fucking hard to do that. But it's, it's important to think that, hey, I'm getting everything I need out of not just this, this one person, yeah. but also out of the relationship. Because there's some times I need to talk to a friend or I need to talk to someone about, yeah. about work or I'm frustrated with Miyake and I. We're so frustrated with our relationship. It is long distance and it is painful. No. Just how fucking planning a wedding. I was say, your wedding planning on top of everything else. That's, yeah. that's and, and trying to navigate immigration mm-hmm. and like there's so much going on where we have to put the relationship aside and say, we are going to have date night on Saturday night. Yeah. And our relationship, that entity is going to thrive then. Mm-hmm. But right now, I need you to do math. I need you to pull out the spreadsheet. I need you to make a phone call. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. But I think that, like, if you're looking at starting a relationship, I think the key point is it can happen in very different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yours happened on, look, you pointed out, and yours happened online. Yeah. Mine happened through friend circles and years of being friends with folks. Sure. Mine was mutual friends at a Halloween party. Yeah. Like, just both of us showed up, introduced, and that was it. Yep. Like, that you, we can't tell you how you're going to meet the person. No. Like, I, like, I dated my high school sweetheart 15 years after high school. Yeah. Like, I, these things just happen that way. Yeah. So life finds a way. It does. You know that Mia and I just became my longest relationship like oh wow three months ago. Oh, oh congratulations to you too. Congrats! I warned my partners that my my year limit is usually three. Yeah, yeah. and we're gonna become <laughs> so like, there might be a time. It'll where... be one way or the other. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a dark place. Or <laughs> a really good place. Or... Hey, look, Strongbow. <laughs> Mine's empty. Your turn um... to roll. We can move on. My turn to roll. Yes. Okay, all right, let me grab it. 15, oh, that's my lucky number. How would you? How would I use assassin vines against my party? What is assassin vines? They are vines that uh, wrap around you, constrict, and kill yeah. you. It's all Oh, great, grappling. I fucking there, love grappling. There are so many great ways to do this. Oh but my your God. question, you get to go first. Hold on here, let me just... I'm getting Megan on the strong bow. Thanks. Do you want another one, Brad? I'm good, thanks. Oh, it's an actual like creature. Mm-hmm. It's a large plant. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, they're fantastic and a lot of fun. And I have used them. I have some thoughts, but I'm gonna let you go first. Uh, well, I mean, you can pop off first, my kid. I have to read this. I mean, if that's where we want to go, there are so many great ways to use grappling vines. Um, first of all, it's I always like to target the small NPCs first. Oh great, love that about you. Yeah. Well, because you really want to show the strength of these, and then your players feel really special when they manage to free. That NPC, if they manage to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to put them in tight corridors where you don't really have a way. Low light, tight corridors is where I like to put them. Mm-hmm. That said, they're perfect to come down. Everyone, we talk about this all the time, right? Weather in D&D and trail conditions. Yeah. Like, let's walk through a canopy trail. How many of those do we have here in British Columbia? They're everywhere, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how often are you... You aren't always looking up, especially in a continuous canopy. Yeah. Right? So all it takes is, yeah, we've checked for traps that are just walking along. Boom. There goes the little halfling that's wandering in the back because it's always safest to be in the back. Because these things, while not intelligent, they still have 
enough wherewithal to target something they can actually pick up. Yeah, they're, they they're hunt, not right. Yeah, they're not looking for the giant half orc barbarian or the Goliath paladin. They're looking for the little halfling rogue or bard that's hanging out in the back, kind of not paying attention to where they're going, and whoop, up they go. And now your party's dealing with well, the 3D effect of a grappling vine. Well, that was going to be my answer. Is I use I like to use assassin vines, and I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Um, but when you have to scale the cliff, and it is a DC 25 mm-hmm. you know, athletics check to climb up here, but there are vines there. And yeah. you'd figure if you grab them, it'd be only a DC 13 to get up. Mm-hmm. But now you're making the, an imposed strength check. Yeah, but but no, you would get most oh, of the way up, up. Yeah, and then have to like keep swapping vines until you get to the assassin vine. Yeah. It grabs you and holds you, and now you're fighting in midair. So I would just like to have a druid that has one of these as like a pet and just carries it around with it in a little potted plant. Like feed me, Seymour. Yeah, man. I got. F- I, I why not? It. Why yeah, not? I'm Absolutely, right? like, I'm on board. Just, it seems really cute, and I really like. Have you met my plant? <laughs> <laughs> Or they he have, needs blood. Or they just have a backpack that has like these vines spilling out of it, and you're like, "What a weird fucking outdoor creature this is." <laughs> until it like grabs somebody's until, like, cat in the as middle of the night, town. it's like nibbling on the toes of like the. <laughs> I love the, the idea. I love the idea that it is like inside a backpack, and every once in a while, when you're not looking, the backpack lifts up, and the four or five vines move like legs, yeah. so it skitters across the campsite and yeah. sits down. The backpack yeah. moves, yeah, yeah. closer to the fire. Whenever you're not looking, yeah, <laughs> or further away from the further fire. From the fire. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. All right, is that but, me? Yeah, great monster choice, though. And the yellow. 17. How's it going, fellas? Megan? Well, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fella. <laughs> fella is a gender-neutral gender term. Is it? I think at this point it is. Fellow just means another person. Okay, but fella. <laughs> fella like, like, like my fellow podcast host. Yeah. I guess so. But that's no, but I feel like fellas is. But is when you gain right fellowship there. at an institution, that's gender neutral. Sure, a fella is just a shorthand for fellow. I'm doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> are we telling the truth? Are we? Are we still back in? Uh, it's a mimic therapy. You know what? I feel like I've been therapized on this podcast <laughs> more times than I can count. I feel people know where I'm at in life right now. Uh, but no, as a whole, doing great. I actually DM'd on Sunday. Oh, lovely. DM'd a game on Sunday. How was it? Uh, no, but weirdly enough, so for those who guys know anything about L5R, there is a land called Marinay, which is not necessarily overly developed within the L5R landscape. So I took it and made it D&D. Okay. And uh, so I'm playing with the folks that normally play L5R. So it was their first time playing D&D in a while. Yep. So I messaged Adam in the morning. I'm like, they're building their character sheets. And this is the most adorable thing <clears throat> I've ever watched in my life. Um, and it went really well. There's a couple okay. of things where I haven't DM'd D&D in a while. And when I yeah. do, it's really short one shots. Like we did the Christmas episode. We did a couple yeah. of other mm-hmm. things. That are really quick, like one shots, just funny and like yeah, entertaining. This was my first attempt at like doing something that's gonna be a little bit longer. And luckily enough, my players at the table are so good at role playing, I don't have to do a lot. But at the same time, it taught me how to like it. it get, I have a couple bullet points in my head of how I'm gonna mm-hmm. do things better for next time. But I definitely went into that like m- mind of like, am I gonna continue this? Was it fun enough? Did they enjoy themselves? Do I need to get feedback? Like, I went through that dark hole mm. for a hot minute. I do that every other the, Sunday. Yeah, like, I was gonna say you never it's stop. Been a while since I DM a regular group, and I still every time go, did they have fun? Well, because I never did that with our L five R group because like I, I've played with you guys for so long mm. that I never really like 
went through the dark hole of thinking whether or not this was worth continuing. Mm-hmm. I actually had to check in with all of them being like, do I even bother? Like, and they're like, no, no, let's continue. I'm just like, okay. Because like, I, like, I had that DM brain. Anyways, yeah. I'm out of it now. Yeah. And I'm super stoked to move forward. So it's been the first time I've been kind of inspired with my own writing. So that's awesome. I'm in a good place. Awesome. Yeah. What about you guys? How are you doing? It's your question, Adam. So you can take this. I... Am waiting for okay. So in Canada we have Boxing Day, which yep. is a strange thing for Americans, but yeah. in a lot of other places it's our Black Friday. It's our Black Friday. It's a day after Christmas, and it's when all the stores get rid of their excess Christmas shit, right? However, it's become so much more than that, where there's special deals on electronics and so on and so forth. I am hoping that this Boxing Day I can find a deal to get a new editing computer. <gasps> and then I will be spending the next three weeks transferring all of the It's a Mimic files over onto this thing mm-hmm. and starting to, to run from scratch there. So we've got two editors waiting in the wings to be like, show me how to edit so that we can get this ready. And I'm like, I, I will, but I gotta I gotta get the new computer. I, my file I, I wanna look better. <laughs> so it's no, it's not even that. No. It's it's I just don't want to wait on the loading time. Oh, it's so funny. Adam has instructions for how to edit the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, and I you can tell documents. it's on his dinosaur of a computer. Mm. He's like, break it up into 15-minute se- segments and yeah. run the... Th- I'm like, fuck that. I'm doing the whole file. It's done faster than it takes him to do a 15-second well, segment. W- <laughs> well, it's funny because Dan also has to do it yeah. r- that way, right? And, and I did it on Dave's computer at one point, which had to be broken up into 15-minute segments. Yeah. But every time we run NoiseGate, it crashes my computer. Yeah. The the battery, the power supply on this um, laptop has a six-hour lifespan, which means I have to turn the computer off and let it just sit and completely cool down. Because in six hours, it will overheat and shut down. So about three hours before every recording, I have to mentally keep it straight in my head, shut down the laptop. Whenever I have to do a Call of Cthulhu, those take dozens of hours to edit. I have to set an alarm on my phone, right? And a lot of the time, I will edit for four hours, and then it will shut off and I will lose it all. Mm -hmm. And I am just mad for the next three weeks. I'm not going to come back to this motherfucker, right? So. So... There's a donate button on our website at www.itsamimic.com. There's also a Patreon, so thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. It is the the Patreon that is going to be paying for this if I can find the appropriate deal because all of our annual shit is coming out also well. yeah. yeah so that's yeah, and 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 we paid the staff this year I saw that. christmas bonuses yeah. for everybody christmas bonuses. everybody that, that is a uh, an editor anybody that uh does art and anybody that runs a website yeah yeah so everybody got paid all the editors except for unexpectedly <laughs> <laughs> so I literally yeah. messaged him like, "What the fuck is this that, for?" I said the same thing. And I he's just the like, "There's thing. a message in the goddamn thing," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> I saw the message. I'm like, "You better actually be okay with this. This better not be coming your pocket." Uh, I I had I had uh, <laughs> seven people that got paid out. Yeah, uh, just little bonuses, nothing crazy. No. But but uh, I, I only one of them just took the money and ran and didn't question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I low key am applauding this person. I'm not gonna call them out. No, but I was like, "Are you sure? Is everything okay? Is the Patreon? Can we support this?" They're like, "Take it, take it." As one person just like, "This is all of our passion." Thank you, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you again. I don't even think I deposited until like like two days later. I know. I'm still oh, watching. I've got mine on, on auto deposit. So I, the no. money was already there, and I look at my email. And I'm like, 
what the hell is this? And mine never yeah. is, so I can see and like, yeah. make sure that I'm not taking somebody's money I don't deserve. Uh, also, I'm very vocal about this because I want the patrons to know where, it's, where the money's yes. going. Yeah. But also, I'm trying to guilt trip the other host that might listen to this. Hey, you might get a Christmas bonus if you edit a fucking episode. They probably don't listen <laughs> to it anyways. <laughs> no, they're not going to do it. Fair enough. So anyway, yeah. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I am that weird combination of completely burnt out, but doing fine. You're at the, you've leveled out to like, oh, yeah. this is my life now. This is just this it. This is my level. Life yeah. with two kids is stressful. It's crazy, but it's fine. Uh, I'm I, don't, the, like, I don't, yeah, like it sucks, but I have no real complaints. Like yeah. it's also good. That's good. It's that weird dichotomy that how do you hold those two? Like I'm not in crisis by any no. means. Uh, day, day by day, my stress level is high. Yeah. My blood pressure is up. Yeah. But I go to bed content. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not stressed. I'm not lying awake in bed at night. I'm not gonna lose my car tomorrow. No. Like I bet, like the bills are paid. Yeah. I'm fine. You guys don't lie awake in bed. Oh, I do, but not, <laughs> but but for very very, very strange different. different different reasons. Like, but, I'm always stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so going back to how you're great. How Megan. are you doing? <laughs> 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 We'll take this offline. So happy. <laughs> no, I had I actually had like legitimately had a moment yeah. early today where I laid down on my dirty fucking forest floor mm. of an apartment and like face down and and I was talking to Miyake and she's like, "Are you muffled? What's going on?" My face is on the floor. floor. I'm, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Yeah, I'm tired. Just, just fucking yeah. done. Like one in the afternoon. Like I'm ready for bed. It's so, cold. Yeah. Maybe. So. Anyway. But we're all still here, and we're all happy. We men. In different variations. All right. Let's roll it, Brad. Let's do it. Let's move on from our feelings. Push them down like they should be. 18. Ooh. Teen Green or Teen Black? Horde of the Dragon Queen. Oh, I was thinking T. I prefer black tea. I was... It's got a higher caffeine content yeah. unless you're looking at matcha, and that's a completely different story. So I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with Horde of the Dragon Queen. Like, there's a black dragon and a green dragon, yeah. right? Okay, so like, I am almost always Team Green Dragon, just <sighs> generically speaking. Green Dragon, I, yeah. Like, solidarity, brother. Um, I know there's a lot of black dragon supporters out there. I get it. Yeah. You like to Love be edgy. You like to be edgy. I get it. You were a teen who wore a lot of dark mascara in high school. I get it. Teen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Megan right now. That's right. <laughs> no, green green dragons all the way. No, black dragon. Absolutely. Really? I would support 100%. Your, your character literally follows a green dragon in D&D. That's because of the storyline that I chose to follow. Me okay. is Megan, black dragon all the way. No. Some people actually play different people than their characters, which I know you're not used to with from your players. I mean, technically <laughs> this is the first campaign where I am legitimately like playing my <laughs> Dave always plays himself. <laughs> really? Cora wasn't you through and through? Uh, no, Cora was too good. Cora was way too good to be me. You know where she ended up, right? Oh, uh, she's a yeah, she's a dark knight now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So uh no, to, I corrupted her slowly. We I I at least get an I was assist like, on I that. did this. <laughs> it was all me. Um I feel like Casey gets a little bit of an assist on this as well. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um no Green Dragon. Absolutely. Yeah. I want I want the conniving, the plotting, yeah, the, the the brilliance of a green dragon. Yeah, I don't need the, the I don't need the sadism of a black dragon. No. I, I want the brilliant mind of a. There's dragon. so many other things that can do that. Yeah. So many other creatures that can fill the spot of a black dragon. I hate both. What's That's a, why you're a black dragon fan. Also, I'm more forest than swamp. So that, that too. Helps yeah. Too, right? Love me a good swamp. We're moving on. It is warm in this room. <laughs> who who rolled this? Uh, uh, I did. did. So it's Megan's My turn. turn. I'm going to use the black dice for my black dragon. Swamp. Oh, one. Ooh, nat one. Oh, Lord. Okay. 
Could we please get more tips and plot hooks for using the infernal machines from Descent into Avernus on the material plane? So on the material the things, plane. These are things that are built within the Nine Hells, right? Yes. Like, that's the... All right. Soul Coins. I, I, I really feel like this is a Kyle or Dave question. Yeah. It They're going to have a lot of, of ideas about what to do with these. I think we're going to hold off on this one for another mailbag, so we're going to put a pin in this. So sure. sure. Mike, Megan, why don't you roll this D6, because we have three additional questions beyond the D20 table. Five. Five, all right, so number 23. Number 23, okay, all right, all right. Do sorcerers require spell components, besides the one that they have a monetary value? And if they do, how would you, how would they even find out what materials they need for their certain spells? So I'm assuming this comes from the idea that sorcerer's magic is inherently theirs. It's innate. Right? Yeah. It's innate naturally magic. theirs. They don't require spell components, whereas wizards require items to do mm -hmm. their magic because it's learned and it's schooled. Um, they still need spell components. Yeah. They, they just don't have to learn it, right? Yeah. So how would they know that, hey, when I'm holding this item and saying these words, does this work? Yeah, I like the idea that like even though you're inherently magical doesn't mean you know how to use your yeah. magic. So I feel like as you're developing and growing as a person and as a character, you would then learn, okay, well, if I hone this in using these items, this can pop off. You don't necessarily know what your magic does until you experiment with it, right? And I think that's the whole part of the components is you're like, as long as I have this book or this item or this feather with me, I know I can do this spell appropriately. In the same way that somebody can learn carpentry by just playing with wood a lot. Yeah. Or, yeah that's not what I learned. <laughs> or you can go through the root of an apprentice. I learned a lot playing with wood. I will say that. <laughs> and um. it's always pleasurable. <laughs> not always. But <laughs> Sometimes you end up with a big sick mess. Kink, you know? Too much glue. Um. <laughs> it's sap. It's too much sap. Too much too sap. It just leaks right out. You know, as Canadians, it's too much maple syrup sometimes. It's okay. No such thing. Heathen. Ew. <laughs> <He'll take it. laughs> Please leave him out of this. Yes, that's, how I, <laughs> that's how I would utilize this. So this this came up on the Discord, and I said I have some thoughts about this. Oh, okay. And my mind has been changed over the years because I used to be in the team sorcerers. Everything is innate. They just know everything. They don't need any of it. Yeah. And over time, and being having played a sorcerer recently, I've come to the realization that a sorcerer doesn't necessarily know. Or study their magic, but it doesn't mean that they don't mess around with the components, right? Yeah, they still have to figure it they out. They still have to figure it out. And it also doesn't mean that a sorcerer can't be taught magic in the same way as a wizard. Exactly. And they can still be told, hey, if you take these things together, you can do this spell. However, it's going to take them some screwing around with it. Yeah. It's not going to be sitting in a classroom reading the book. I think about it like, like sports, yeah. right? Where you have your really perfect technical players that have honed their technique yeah. and done it really well. And then you have the completely unathletic Babe Ruth, yep. who's this overweight guy that can just hit fucking home runs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? He just does it. And he does it by looking at it and trying it over and over and over again until, hey, I got pretty fucking good at yeah. this. Yeah. I can just do right? it. I, yeah. I just go, right? It's like there's, there are... There's natural athleticism and then there's studied, trained athletes. Yeah. yeah, and it's... That's how I think about it with sorcerers. Like... I think about it like a baby holds a rattle and shakes it for the first time and then is surprised that this fucker made noise. Yeah. Right? And then shake it again and go, oh shit, if I do this over and over, it can make noise. Now I can play it like an instrument yeah, and then it goes on and on and it's on. It's the same yeah. thing. Like I picked up this raven feather because it landed on my doorstep one day and I was so fucking mad that I picked it up and I went to throw it and suddenly 
hail came out of the sky, and I'm like, what the fuck? I need more yeah. raven feathers. Yeah, and so, yeah. I, so I went and threw a rock at a raven, picked all the feathers off. And, okay, leave yeah. the raven out of this. <laughs> so, so, but like that's, that's that yeah. kind of slowly working at it, figuring it out, and having the spell not pop off right the first time. Like, yeah. for example, if you, they're learning how to do firebolt the first time, they did it, and a handful of sparks just came from their fingertips. They went, Pocket sand. oh, what the shit is that? Yeah. All right, okay, what, what just happened? Let me try it again. And if I right. try it these thousand ways, one of them's going to be the right way. Yeah. And just re- replicate that. And yeah. for some reason in my mind, I know which one feels right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And it's harder to role play at the table because you don't always have months or hours to practice this at the table. Mm-hmm. You hand wave it a little bit. Yeah, but like if you're a level six sorcerer, but obviously you, you can always You have that head cannon, right? That's fair. Before you roll, I have to be. Okay. All right. Well, we're not editing this episode, so Brad and I are just going to sit here and talk about... Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's great. You can talk about my depression. It's cool. Wait, clinical? <laughs> so. So. You're DMing another another campaign. You're I not am. enough episodes to talk about. No, this. I know. We, we haven't had a chance to talk about so this. So tell me about it. So I am DMing a campaign that started with Minds of Fandelver. Mostly new players. So it's my brother and my sister-in-law. Okay. Grady... Another friend of mine from childhood. Oh, and a friend of his. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So we started with Minds of Fandelver, went into Dungeons of the Mad Mage, and then I was like, you know what? No, this sucks. We, this is not the right group to bring into Dungeons of the Mad Mage. Pulled them out with a the portal. They did some character backstory development work because we wandered through the forest. Yeah. And now I'm just about to wander them into my own homebrew twisted version of White Plume Mountain. Okay, so. My players are about to go into a mountain, yeah, and they don't know that I've just reskinned White Plume Mountain. That's exactly what I've That's done. That's exactly well. what I'm it's doing. It's so good. Um, Ever since the episode we recorded on that, I don't know when this is coming out in relation to that. We've got an episode that'll discuss this. Yeah, um, I am so stoked on that particular yeah. campaign. Yeah, it's that I I did more reading after we recorded that episode. I'm like, no, I'm running the players through this. This is perfect for my group. When you 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 were talking about doing um, Lost Minds of Fandelver, yeah. Uh, the new one, Fandelver. I know, it wasn't out in time. Otherwise, I probably would have gone there. It's the same thing. Yeah. Right? Like, you can circle back and Oh, absolutely. Because there is a multiple level gap. There, yeah. Like, in the very last bit, right? Where you're, like, level 12 and then suddenly level 17. Right, yeah. Huge. There's a good chance, because they were really ticked that they missed the dragon. Yeah. So, I I do want to bring them back. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. But, uh... It'll probably be on the way out of this module list, so long as they make it through. All right. Um, hello, Megan. Welcome back. Hi. Well, yeah, did it. Here we are. All right. I'm going to roll. Six. Now it's a six. Now it's a six. We've got big lore and bestiary books on iconic D&D monsters such as Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons and Bigby's Glory of the Giants, showing that these creatures are about more and getting up to more than we ever imagined. If we get another such book, what iconic monster or monster type should it be? Also, I'm pulling for Faye, and more specifically Hags, since they appear in nearly every adventure. Oh, shit. I remember when I saw this get asked, and I went, I have so many fucking thoughts. And then I just just was thinking about it for days and days and mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And if I can be honest, the big ones that hit me right off the bat were Hags, 
but I don't think you'll get a full book out of that. And frankly, we did just get we, Wild Beyond the Witch Lake. I was so. just going to say Wild Beyond the Witch Lake gives you the, that hag flavor if you want it. Yeah. Um, and Faye as well. But it, does, it doesn't It does do that deep dive with a bunch of different versions of it. Um, oh, it was setting specific. Yeah. Sure. I, we really could use a Faye book. I was thinking Beholders, but there's a lot of different kinds already and yeah. Mind Flayers as well. And so I actually got to thinking that there is no good goblin campaign in 5th edition. Goblins and Orcs was my first instinct as well. To right. Take like, the two of those and put them together. They're classics, but we don't get them. They're all low-level fodder. Yeah, like we get Drow and Out of the Abyss. Yeah. We get Kobolds kind of littered throughout. They pop up all the time, but... My, my answer was going to be more Kobolds. Mm. That's your answer for everything. I yeah. know, but like, it's like... like a, Megan, we, got, we got more dragons. Kobolds. Oh, yeah, more Kobolds. We got but dragons. They're just little dragons. But I, th- but I think it's time. Talk to them. Because again, you talk to your kobolds, you talk about the rich history behind them. Like, why don't we have like a whole campaign or a book specifically derived around kobolds that's not just a simple module or a small one shot someone has played? Mm-hmm. Like, and have different levels of kobolds, right? Like, they have a society, they operate in societal means. Like, why don't we have more kobold shit? Well, we've got what five, six different stat blocks for different kinds. Yeah. There's the winged kobolds, there's the inventor and the dragon shield and the scale sorcerer. Yep. Like, we have some, but, but there's give, so much Give me the dragon yeah. types versions of these kobolds. Yeah, give me the yeah. black ones and the, and the green ones and can the we get yeah. copper ones. Can we get some metallic kobolds? Yes. Gem kobolds. Gem kobolds, yeah. Moonstone kobolds. Yes. There's no reason yeah. why we can't do this. Because we homebrew them. We talk about them sure. all the time yeah. in the sense where, hey, if I'm playing this, in our dragon episodes, yeah. we talk about who your minions, whatever. Like, kobolds always comes up. Why are we not talking more about what type of kobold it is and what they look like when they're offering themselves to a very specific god? That's just how I feel. Yeah, uh, that makes perfect fucking sense, yeah. yeah. I got my giant's book. Yeah. Give me a kobold's book. I, w- <laughs> I want more goblins and hobgoblins. Yeah, and bugbears and, and, and verdans. And orcs in there and, too, why not? Yeah. yeah. Right, you're dealing with like... Uh, if you do the, what is it, it's, it's the infinite war that's yeah. on um, Archon, which is the, I think it's on Archon, where it's the... Orcs, every orc that's ever died in an eternal, everlasting battle against every goblinoid that's ever yeah. died. Give us that book. Give us that book. Like, let's let's see it. Like, you start off with the goblin side fighting the orcs, and then you end up joining yeah. the orcs to fight you the You tell goblins. me they're in this eternal war, and we can't have higher than CR2 on a goblin, or... Yeah. I mean, we do have some higher ones, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, frankly... There's some high-level goblin and orc enemies. Frankly, I think the right answer... Like, all of these are good answers. I think the right one is an appropriate book about fiends and celestials. You mean Give demons? Celestials have not gotten any service in Demons, devils, yugoloths, and the celestials. Yeah. Let's let's look at this good versus evil fight. Yeah. That, I like demons. I Do you like demons or devils? Yes. Yeah, you like fiends. <laughs> I like all. I like a good fiend. I like a good fiend. Yeah. With fiends like these, who needs enemas? So Ooh. Oh. sometimes you just need a good clean out. Wow. Uh, let's let's roll. Let's roll another die. My turn. That will be another six. Let's try that again. Eighteen. We've had. Yep. All right. Five. We've had. We've had. Let's just do number seven. Oh, actually, this is Kyle and others. We're going to skip number seven and save that for a Kyle episode. All right, then His here, roll the D6 it. to find out. Oh, I got to get, get it in the hole. Six. So uh, we're, we did that one. So 22. Oh, boy. All right, 22. Okay. In order to make initiative better during a session, what are your thoughts about this homebrew rule? When a player rolls a nat 20 for initiative, 
The nat 20 allows the player to choose when they can go in the order for the whole combat encounter. The catch is the DM can use this rule as well for monsters. So I assume you just choose your point in the initiative order when yeah. you roll 20? Yeah. Your yeah. question will pop I mean, off first. Yeah, I mean, you kind of can do that anyways. If you're first in the initiative order, you can defer. Like, you kind of well, have... But well, then, yeah, I guess you're permanently deferring, right? Yeah. In, you're permanently down the list, so maybe just this turn you want to move down? In 5th edition, is deferring a thing, or is it just no, running an no, action no, moving forward? No, yeah, you yeah, hold I an guess. action, yeah. which means you don't get your movement right. or your bonus and action. And it doesn't change your your place it, in the yeah, order. I'm so... You, I clearly use homebrew Pathfinder rules I, on my table, and nobody realize I'm doing it I anymore. just wanted a well-actually moment. Yeah, no, I absolutely. <laughs> thank you for pointing that out. I'm not going to change the way I do it. So apparently I already homebrew my initiative to basically do that. Um, I'm about it. I yeah. like that idea because I feel like we don't reward 20s and to punish nat ones as much as a lot of DMs can. Um, and I, I don't know. I think the only, there is no downside to it. Cause I feel like at the table, your table is going to discuss what they want to do anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause there is a mechanic in other campaigns, like in other games, yeah. like in Alpha of Arcal, cause there's all those kinds of things that help you choose where you go in your initiative order. Like, to your point, in previous D&D, like, there yep. have been options in to Pathfinder, defer, you could just defer and say, I want to go after this person. So, that obviously, the mechanic exists for a reason. Yeah. And, like, I don't mind that idea. Because it's, like, rewarding to be, like, I have a nat 20, you have a hot second to battle strat. It's almost like giving them that sneak attack. Yeah, right? you're like, hey, let's set up, I want to set this up so that you can go and deliver a blow. Yeah. Right? I had, in the campaign I'm playing in right now, one of the players threw in Dan's campaign, this piece of black glass mm -hmm. that has all sorts of magical properties. And my sorceress, she rolled a nat 20 to throw it, and then on my turn I rolled a nat 20 to snipe it, and had some super cool effect based on the dice rolls. Yeah. But it was only avail possible because we coordinated our attacks, so it makes sense to be able to do that with initiative. Yeah. I feel like the only thing that I think a couple of DMs would be like, <laughs> about... Is that a lot of... I'm sorry, they would be like, what? <laughs> That's what I thought uh, you said. <laughs> Spell that. Did you use E-I-E-I-O E-I-E-I-O. Hide the initiative order for the surprise attack that comes from their monsters. And then eventually you just learn what the initiative order is. So yeah. in other games and other like um, things that aren't D&D, &D, the initiative order is known. It yeah. is written down, everyone can see it, and it can shuffle throughout the, the game based on what you want to do. Most DMs... I run it that way well. anyway. Yeah, yeah. but I've been in campaigns where they keep it hidden. Yeah. And, like, that's their ability to kind of infiltrate where they want their monsters to go. And I don't necessarily agree with that way. Other DMs yeah. do that. If, I'm not if shaming If the players it. can't do it, I'm not doing it as a DM. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it, it will have to go both ways. That if I roll a 20 as a DM, I can now place that monster wherever the fuck I want to. Well, I look at it this way as well. I tend to have in my head, you know how layer actions pop off at uh, uh, initiative count top 20? Of the, yeah. Right? So it's at initiative count 20, but but it always loses to any other character, yes. right? Mm -hmm. I also have that for 15, 10, and 5. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but every time that we're playing and another enemy enters the battlefield or a new encounter bit pops off, like we just had uh, a pirate ship get lifted up into the air... Megan missed this session. I did. So, yeah. so it got lifted up into the air by a bunch of um, uh, cloud giants. Uh, and they were 500 feet up in the air when Tiamat hit and started killing the cloud giants. Oh, lovely. And they dropped the ship. And so every round, the ship rotated on its axis so that on the, <laughs> on the third round, it was upside, upside down. Right? And so the idea was that 
as they're trying to bail out of the ship, it's moving. Everything's difficult terrain. If you try to get out while you're well, it's upside down. It's falling faster than you are, so you're slammed against the deck, crawling across it as it's rotating. So yeah. it was really dynamic and interesting, but it was moving at initiative count ten. Right. Mm. So I do all this shit anyway. Yeah. Right. But to allow players to choose. Yeah, fuck, why not? They why do not? it once. Yeah. It doesn't change anything for me as a DM. No, if anything, they're going later in the initiative. So what does it really matter? Yeah, I mean, the only thing, the only time that's going to matter is if you have an assassin in the group. Sure. Because their, their assassin shit pops off if they are going before certain enemies. Yes. Right? So, but even then... But they rolled nat 20 on initiative. Congratulations, you get to use the cool features that are part of your class. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm for it. Like, yeah. go nuts. Yep, I like it. You're up, Megan. My turn? Let's get this dice out of here. Back to black. Yeah, man. One. Oh, I, rolled it. That, I rolled that one time. Fifteen. I also I'm rolling the same numbers I have rolled. Sixteen. Nope, we don't. Nope, All right, here we go. What is your favorite single monster to throw at a party? So many options. The lost. I, oh, the Sorosworn? Yep, the Sorosworn, that whole kit and caboodle. I'm loving them right now. Did did you use them in your... I did. And I'm not going to lie, I used the Adam, hello? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And they fucking died. And like to this point, to like to this day when I asked like my, my them for like their feedback on it, they're like, the fact that I'll never look at hello the same ever again. And I'm just like, you're welcome. Um, Yay. But yeah, so the source one is like, but, and anything undead right now is kind of like my favorite thing in the world. And I, it's partially because of the undead series that we're doing with the ladies group. But like, the, yeah, the Soros Warren, the Lost, all mm-hmm. of them. I'm loving it. I'm loving them to death. I don't know. Okay, so low key, my favorite single monster to use ever. And I don't know why. It's just classic is the Roper. And I don't use it because everyone's always expecting it in my campaigns now. So ropers and mimics and dark mantles and piercers, none of these things. If it has false appearance, I don't use it because I've got too many players that are poking at it going, why? Why is there a cloak hanging there? Mm. What's with the stalagmites? What's with the stalactites? What's with the the random chest over it? Like, nobody fucking buys it anymore. So, but I do love it. And ropers are so fun. Mm-hmm. So I have successfully completely reskinned them so that they're tentacle monsters or they right. look like something else and tentacles come out of it. And so, like, it's not just the one classic. So you got a tentacle one. kink is what you're yeah. telling us. Yeah, pretty much. Don't yeah. we all? I mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> Brad lied to the rest. Yeah, I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying we don't all have the same. The narrator in the background, he, he does have <laughs> <laughs> I've got one around my ankle right now. <laughs> For Brad, that was the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> that was the tame stuff. It doesn't even count as a kink. I'm getting the flashbacks of when he was 12 years old. <laughs> one time it's so cute. Lord, no. <laughs> Can I roll this die, please? Yes, please. <laughs> what did I get? 13. 13. Uh, did we that one. Yeah, we've done it. Okay. Good that point. 18. 18. Got it. Hey, this was fun rolling. 14. 14, yay. Yeah. Running, Tomb of Annihilation. What creative ways could I foreshadow major plot points and characters? Aserak, Sown Sisters, Rest and Sea. I don't know Tomb of Annihilation well enough. And I have not run it. You know who does is Dan. Yeah. So, 
What do we got? Kyle, Dave, and, and Dan, Dan should be on the next one. There yep. we go. All right, good enough. So I'm going to roll the d6. I was going to say, I like a Sarah Rock because he's a lich. That's nice. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't even need to roll it because I'll just do the last one that's above 20. Yep. Um, and that is, when will anyone on the show or the general internet use the correct term for pass without trace? Do we do that Never. Yeah. Never. It's Matt Mercer's fault and what we all blame him and now. Pass without a trace. Yeah. Without a trace. Yeah. And it's supposed to be pass without trace? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. As a matter of fact... Oh, pass without trace is right? Then I do use it correctly. I was today years old when I learned that I was saying that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I thought I was suddenly being called out for using it wrong. I use pass without trace. I don't use pass without a trace. I, I, I have said pass without a trace for a long ass time. It's one of those ones that I had another DM start saying it. And it got just into my yep. vocabulary That's... the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I we said, uh, and then I taught everyone on the podcast, Mordenkainen, when it's Mordenkainen, mm. because I learned that from a DM who yep. mispronounced that. Or Dan... I, I still, to this it's day, It's like any mispronunciations, though, right? It's yeah. where... How did you learn the word? It's, In it's fact, a... I will never make fun of somebody who mispronounces a word, because they usually pick it up from reading. Or yeah. from somewhere yeah. else. And, yeah, you don't shame or anybody. Or corrected. I'm not, I'm, not, and I, I'm not afraid of being corrected. Yeah. no. In any way, shape, or form. Correct me. I don't care. Because I will still say Mordenkainen. Sure. And Tomb versus Tome. And that one's the one that I get Casey on oh, on a regular basis. Yeah. You're not... I would call you out on that one because those are two very different they words are, and it's important. They are, but I call Casey out on it on a regular James basis. James gets it wrong every single time as well. Yeah. And I have done some, some hilarious creative editing around some of the... But uh, the other one that we... Uh, that consistently gets wrong in the podcast is every time we talk about Kuatoa, Dan has to bring up uh, their god. And the god's name is Blipdulpoop. But he always calls it Blipdulpoop. And I'm like, that is not at all what it is. He just gave up trying yeah. to pronounce it. <laughs> I support that. That is I, that is it, a mindset I support. It is, a, it is a bullshit word. Don't get me wrong. But like, he gets it so wrong. Just try, Dan. I mean, intentionally wrong, I support we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have eight left. Hey, you know what? Let's swap to a D8, D8. and Let's just start counting our way down. Okay, Sounds sure. Sounds good. So, I'm up. That's you. A one. Okay. So that'll be number two, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So, in all that massive pile of research y'all did, if you could pick five stat blocks to act as templates to reskin to provide your players with any mount they could want, what would they be? And oh, that, is... that was yours and I's episode. Yeah. And so you want to pop I, off on this? I have some thoughts on this. Yeah, and sure. You go I'm first. not just going to pick, like, what is the mount that they actually want, right? And, and my that, players are going to tell thing. me what they want. Yeah. And I am going to look at the mounts that are available. One of my players picked a fucking giant kangaroo as their mount. <laughs> I yeah. said, you know what? Screw it. Yes, I will use the stag stat block. Like, are they sitting in the pouch? Or are they like... Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I had a player who wanted to play a... Or wanted to ride a dire ram. Yeah. So this thing was essentially like a like a Batha from yeah. fucking Star sure. Wars, right? And so he wanted to ride it. And I said, great, I'll use a mammoth stat block. Yeah. The deal being, you're, it is not going to have, be able to attack in combat. Correct. Because it's such yeah. a huge it's, creature. Yeah. And so, yeah. so you just find the nearest one. Yeah. Honestly, my correct answer is, is whatever you pick... Give it more hit points than it deserves. Yes. Because you don't want it to die. Yeah. So, um, it out a little bit, but whatever the... Like, there is no kangaroo stat block. I had to improvise. I went with giant elk, but I also gave it the ability to leap further, right? So instead of... All right, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> all I can think in my head is anytime I've ever had a mount in the campaign, it's been another player. And, like, that's a weird <laughs> way to say that. <laughs> 
We're back. We're back to, we're back to balancing players. Yeah, we're back to Lord Saw. Wait, was it a player or was it a character? It was a character. I need to clarify. It was a player character. Were you mounting players or but characters? But it's usually because I play small, small creatures or human-like characters. So yeah. well, usually small and small. To, and tiny. to, to be fair. Your character rode my character in that one shot. Yeah. Right? So, so like, yeah. I tend to ride player characters as my mounts. Hodor. <laughs> I mount yeah, player kinda. characters. <laughs> I'm not kink shaming. I'm just getting clarification. But At this point, is that even a kink or is that no, just a preference? Not it's a preference. preference. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all that to say, don't use this specific stat block for reskinning. Look at what it's being reskinned to and pick something that's appropriate. That's sure. Fair. All right, um, Megan, D8. Megan, D8. Anything but a one. A four. One, two, Good. three, four. So number ten. No, number seven. Number seven. seven. Because we're going to include because we're going to. Oh no, this is on me skipped because it's got Kyle it's in Kyle it. Because Kyle and others. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So. So I'll do number the next one down. Sure. Which is ten. Yeah. D D is about making decisions. Sometimes it's the dungeon we don't go in that haunts oh. us. What moment in a campaign did you, the player, not seize upon? Did you not do it because it seemed dumb or because your character wouldn't even though you, the player, wanted to? Um, so there is a moment that I will always remember, and I believe it was Adam's campaign, or it was Dan who was DMing at the time, where there was a cave we were supposed to go in, and my character, and I think it was also Mieka's character that said, Nope! <laughs> and we fucked off. Yeah, this is this should be more of a question for DMs because the players don't give a shit about the stuff they skipped. It's the DMs who have to live with the nightmare of but, I spent hours or weeks preparing this, and the players just said nope. But that's the thing is I knew after like a while yeah. that after, of having this interaction doing this thing that this was definitely where we were supposed to go, and I just hard stop noped it as a player, and then I was like, you probably built a fucking map for that, did you not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it- it is still living in one of my little map <laughs> containers because, by yeah. God, someday they're going to go into a fucking cave. Yeah, and I just, I just remember that moment of us making that final decision as a group after yeah. it was my, it was one of my player that decided I'm not doing that, I'm not going in there. I, I want you to know. Do you want? Okay, so do you want to know how I handled that as the DM? Yeah. They then Im- almost immediately met an NPC who was just bigger than life and totally yeah. fucking wild so that everyone could have to suffer through this guy for a little while as I pulled shit out of my ass yep. for the next two hours. Yeah. That's right. I stalled with a, right. with a bigger than life NPC. Yeah. I'm never a player. I just stick them in front of a locked door. That gives me an hour at least. I love, okay, the, I did that in my camp, like my, my Sunday game, I put them in front of a door. It's the best thing you can do to kind of think about what the next step is my, my, my Okay, so my, here, here's my favorite like time waster, and mm-hmm. you'll only ever use it once on a party, on uh, on this group of players for the rest of their lives. So, yep. so what you do is you put a, like in this room, it is pitch black, and it's only when the door closes that the lights come on and you can see. Right. So it's magical darkness. Yep. Once the lights come on, and when the door is closed, it says, do not press this red button. Yeah. That right there will stall the campaign for a good solid hour. So I was Oh, no, game. not if I'm a player in it. I am instantly pushing that red button. Right, and and, and I do have those players. Yeah. And when that happens, a voice comes on, a woman's voice from nowhere goes, five, four, three, I live for those moments two. as a player. And so, and, and... So then what do you do? Well, you press the button again. And every time you press it, it starts again. Five, four, <laughs> and it won't get to zero unless they decide to just not press the button. So they will sit there and keep pressing it until they figure out what they're doing. Uh-huh. Talking with everybody else around the table. And what happens is when it hits zero, the door opens. All right. That's it. That's the only thing. <laughs> I That's love it. it. There's nothing else <laughs> I in love that it. room. 
I love that. So, um, no, the thing that they missed, the thing that my fucking players missed, I gave them the ability to do whatever they wanted um, in town for 300 days. We covered it in a couple of sessions. And then after that, uh, you guys were essentially joined the uh, town watch. Yep. Right? And so you guys are part of the Crimson Guard, but you guys are now the Celestial Guard, which is a part of it, and your own, like, little unit. And you were given three or four options every single session. What do you want to do this session? Here are the three or four potential missions. And right from the very first one, the sewers are backing up. There's something that's wrong. The kobolds have all left, and nobody knows what's going on. We need someone to go down there and deal with it. We never did. They never did. We did this eight sessions in a row, and every time... (laughs) They picked something else. Every time. The stench is getting worse. The NPCs are getting upset. The sewers are backing up. This is bad. There are now myconids in the lower tunnels. And the sewers are backing up. Things are getting worse. Even to the sanitation department. And, and (laughs) And so they just never, ever, ever dealt with it. Nope. The shit that I have down there, ready ready for them, is so much fucking fun. And at this point, they've been away from the city so long that I either have to destroy the city or just have NPCs handle it. Right. Right? And so, like, unfortunately, we'll never know. Yeah. And I will save that for a future campaign. Yeah, put it in the next one. But I was so ready to just take my level five party into the sewers for about three sessions. It was going to be so much fun. Never went. Never Never went. went. yeah. We said, hey, Adam, fuck you. And we never went. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how many times I've done that to Dan. He's the only person I've ever had DM for me. Yeah. Aside from our little one shot of... Yeah. So, but... I know I've definitely done that to him. All right, your turn there, Adam. Uh, D8. That's a one again. God. At least we're consistent. That's a seven. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Top five songs. Oh, goodness. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, Jesus, I don't know. I Top listen to kids' songs. songs now in the car. I say, you have a very different ideal of... Yeah. Um, that said, my favorite band right now is Polyphia. So anything from them. Um, yeah, so here's yeah. the thing. I listen to um, movie soundtracks. Hmm. Yeah, as, me too. As a hobby. A lot, yeah. Um, so I'm going to list my top favorite um, movie soundtracks. Queen of the Damned. Yes, yes. Wow, solid. yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, the new Spider-Man films. Like the animated ones. Oh, yeah, like into the, yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, the Labyrinth, because David Bowie. Mm-hmm, naturally. Um, what else do we got? What else is on my thing? Um, Silent Hill from a video mm-hmm. game. I listen to that soundtrack mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So good. Yeah. And what would be my fifth? You got a Final Fantasy track? The, weirdly enough, no. There's, there's, there's just nothing but bangers on Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Like, it's just great all the way through. So... I will still find myself humming Kefka's theme, and I haven't played the game in 20 years. Well, <laughs> talk to Roman about that, then, because you guys okay. can share that. But, like, we just recently saw a musical Hades Town, and I'm currently obsessed. Did, did you go? We you, went. Oh, we saw it. That's make it. That's on her to-do list. Is I it cried in Vancouver the whole right time. Now? It was. It's gone now. Fuck! It was only had, like, five or six showings, but I cried the whole time. I was, like, a little girl. Like... Oh. That I, is, that is awesome. your fucking jam. Yeah. Let, let me tell you, um, uh, Miek, if you're listening to this, I'm about to spoil your Christmas present, so turn it off. All right. So, she's a big fan of Lore Olympus. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, are you familiar with this? It's no. a comic strip that is essentially the story of the Greek gods, but yep. primarily Persephone and Hades. Yep, okay. Yep. And to the point where she actually, like, subscribes and pays for it to get to right. it. I have bought her for Christmas the five tomes. No, you didn't. Well, I've, I, I've gotten her the, the first two already, and so it's the last three. Oh, so Adam. she, like, I, I just spent, awesome. like, $80 She's going to be so like, happy. She's going to be thrilled. Mia, so, you're yeah. such a lucky lady. So. God damn it. 
Um, let me see. Uh, I don't know, Brad. What's your? Um, you actually now that you mention like movie soundtracks and things like that, I will almost always while I'm working have the, some version of Lord of the Rings soundtracks on in yeah, the background. Yeah, you can't lose with well, that. Really, it's always great. Same with the Star Wars soundtracks. Right now, it's Christmas time. So I have the new Trans-Siberian Orchestra album on repeat mm-hmm. for the holidays. That's fair. And then lots of kids' music, sadly. <laughs> you know, that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. That's your life. No, it's, it's fine. not. It's They're all earworms, and they just live in there, and they're all terrible. I'm legitimately trying to come up with my fucking five favorite songs of all time. Um... Give me one sec. Do you guys have any more? Because I'm I'm trying. I mean, to, I'm pulling up. I think what, of other soundtracks that I I'm like. pulling up what I've listened to most recently. Oh, Vince uh, Garaldi trio because it's Christmas time as well. The whole Peanuts yeah. Christmas thing. Weirdly, Darude Sandstorm was one that I had because in the gym fair. I need something that goes a little quicker. So yeah. I will select that and then just have Apple Music build me a station based on that. And I, I am a Billie Eilish fan um, because her and I have very similar voice tones. So nice. I like Screaming Me a Good Bit Eilish song. Um, there is a playlist, this is for the ladies out there, which is basically called Edward Cullen, but only that scene where he wears the black rimmed glasses. Great soundtrack. It's on Spotify. Look it up. It's phenomenal. <laughs> um, <laughs> they did do a, do you guys remember when, um, uh, whatever it's, what is the fucking, God damn, why my brain? The D&D TV series that, oh, Stranger Things. Why did it, why uh, was that uh, so hard for me to figure out? Jesus Christ. I know, jeepers fucking Christ. Get off the podcast. You're done. I know. Um, I haven't watched it. On Spotify. <laughs> what? You should watch it. I'm, Jess doesn't do anything horror. Great, watch it with her. And I don't watch shows. Tell her I play off. games now. You, 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 you would legitimately like this. I, I, so I watched the first three or four episodes when I was traveling yeah. out of town for work, and yeah. then I came home, and I didn't watch it after it just that, keeps, just It just off. keeps ramping. I can't believe you forgot the name of it, considering that Fan Expo was coming to Vancouver. And Joseph Quinn is my husband. I know. I know. Yeah. Okay, oh, no. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> Called out. <laughs> so anyways, on Spotify, there is a playlist called Upside Down Playlist, and it takes your top ten songs and puts it into a playlist for you, because the whole concept behind it is that the way to get away from Vecna is do your connection and emotional connection to music. And so it is a, it will take your top yeah. and it will put it in, oh, there you in, go. A, in a playlist for you. And that's the song that would, these are the songs that would play for you. Perfect. If you were trying to get yourself away from Vecna. So you're welcome, D&D. <laughs> All right, so I came up with my top five list. This is not comprehensive. I'm sure I will, I will be awake at three in the morning. I mean, music Fuck, should... And this, and this, and this. Favorite but, songs change all the time. But I will say, unequivocally, without fail, these are consistently in my top ten. Hmm. In no particular order, because it does change. Nature Boy by Nat King Cole. Throw it out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Trial by Pink Floyd. Okay. Fuck yeah. Uh, Painted Black, but yeah. not the Rolling Stones version. Yeah. The instrumental one off Westworld. Oh, Ooh, yes. Yeah, so yeah good. absolutely. Good. As a matter of fact, I will put that sometimes on repeat. Yep. And, and DD oh, prep to it. You could. Yeah. Uh, Lateralis by Tool. Okay, yeah. And one that nobody knows, uh, it's called Mr. Tanner by Harry Chapin. He was an old folk singer in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was the one that wrote um, uh, Cats in the Cradle. Oh, God. But he wrote one called Mr. Tanner that my dad had this this album. And he and I would go on road trips when I was younger, just him and I. And we would sing the whole album. But it was his favorite because the story is of a guy who's pretty damn good at singing. And all of his friends talk him into going to sing. 
and he spends his life savings to go actually rent a music hall in New York to go have the critics come out and all of them say he's pretty mediocre. Don't don't sign him. And so he comes home and never sings again. Yeah. Oh, heartbreaking. And, and most of his songs are a gut punch. Yeah. But that one, I feel like there's a modicum of truth to that mm-hmm. for my dad somehow, where he mm-hmm. always wanted to be a singer or a piano player or something. Right. And never felt he was good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now that my dad is dead, I think about that, sure. right? And so it's probably the song that can consistently bring me to tears. I was going to say, on. make you cry every time you listen yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah, but I also go hunting for it about every three weeks. Of course. So, right? fair so, enough, fair sometimes enough. you need that. So those are, like, I've, I've got a lot of, like, top songs, but those sure. ones I will always stop and get everybody else in the room to shut the fuck up. I need to listen to this. <laughs> Give me a right minute. So, yeah. I need a good cry. So, All right. Uh, Brad. All right. Let's do it. We're down to six. Should we grab a D6? I think we're down to five. Down to five. So D6 and number two. What's the second one we haven't done? I'll do number three. Number three. Are there any other content creators, podcasts, YouTubers, actual plays, or any other media that you consume regularly? Oh, boy. Uh, Yes. Absolutely, yes. Um, I assume we're... I mean, are we going to limit this to D&D, or are we going to make this a little more global? Yeah, no. Shoot your shot. Just general media? Just go. I mean, the big one is obviously, for me, local boy, Linus Tech Tips. I love my computer tech stuff, based (laughs) on a Langley. Good sense of humor. Um, I just started, for D&D-related content, I just started listening to Not Another D&D podcast from some of the crew over at College Humor. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, It's a decent one. Sure. Um, I kind of rotate through Let's Plays. And then I'm really into like video game podcasts right now. So the besties is one, and the other one I like is the, and my favorite one right now is called Into the Aether. Um, Low key video game podcast is what their tagline is, and none of those really need a bump from me because they're all much much bigger than us. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. sir. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't listen to a lot of. Um, social media stuff to begin with. Do you watch YouTube channels at all? No, I was never a mm. YouTube kid. I was never a podcast kid. I was never any of those things. The only podcast in this world that I will listen to and like seek out episodes for is the, um, what is it called? It's like the no sleep one. Yep. I will listen to that for horror stories. And then I will listen to, um, good D and D inspiration as well. It's true. Um, and then there are murder podcasts to listen to like my favorite murder. Mm-hmm. You are and such a white girl. I know. <laughs> But I fucking love that podcast. They're so fucking hilarious. And, like, they're the only ones that I fangirl over. Have you, those girls. have you listened to Lore by Aaron Mankey? Oh, no. so Fuck, it's up your alley. Yeah. You would yeah. Like it. He sits yeah. down and takes one piece of real-life lore from somewhere in the world, and he deconstructs, like, he rips I it all apart. I need to to that. Goes through the entire history of, of this thing, and he breaks it down. So But good. some of it's even, like, current urban legends yes. and shit, too. Like, it's not just... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's solid and he does his yeah. work and it's an easy listen I need to go back um, for D&D podcasts and D&D shows I always feel kind of odd pitching some because it's mm-hmm. a conflict of interest for us but I will say this I will tune in every once in a while to the Dungeon Cast oh sure but only on an episode that we are not going to cover or we've already covered yeah. mm-hmm. because I don't want to they do very similarly what we do, yeah. where they break down one thing, but they focus on the facts and not the inspiration for yeah, the most fair. part. And so they're a good piece of research or interest sure. or whatnot if I need something in the background. Matt Colville is usually pretty good, yes. but I have started to take umbrage with some of his tips and tricks. They don't 
They work for him. They don't work yeah. for everybody, right? Yeah. That said, I did buy his new set of books. Yeah, That's me too. Fair. The so, moment they released on yeah. pre-order. Um, and, and so did I. And I have both Kingdoms of Warfare and yeah. Strongholds of Followers on my shelf. I've talked about the Gemstone Dragons for yeah. this book. Like, I really do like what he provides. But at this point, we're we're deviating from 5th edition too far. Mm-hmm. So. That's fair. Yeah. But he's making his own tabletop yeah. role-playing game. Let him, right? Like, yeah. I'm into it. So, yeah. uh, what else do I listen to? I listen to a podcast called Man Enough, which is not for everybody. I will say right off the bat, it is a podcast that deconstructs what it means to be a man in 2023. And, and... I'm going to pee while you talk about this. Sure. <laughs> it is, it, it looks solidly at different people, sometimes celebrities that they mm-hmm. get in as well, um... Talking about how they grew up to be the man they are today and what toxic traits they've had in the past and yeah. how they overcame them. And it's not for everybody. It's a little extreme sometimes. Sure. And it's it's super, super, super progressive with a capital P. Yeah. To, to the point where even I have some trouble. Like, I'll side-die the, the speakers sure. sometimes. But, like, um, what else do I listen to? I listen to the Behind the Bastards because it's mm. always a good, hilarious look at... The Monsters of History. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm working through Quick Question, which is a couple of the old guys from the old Cracked site back when it was oh, good. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, and so my two favorites were Soren and Daniel, and they're, sure. they're doing it. The whole premise is that the, that show's about nothing. They, okay. They do a weekly call with, with each other just to check in. Yeah. They record it, and it becomes a podcast. So, Perfect. Yeah, so that's just me. They're a comfort listen to. Yeah. Uh, as far as YouTube... I no, there's nothing nothing really that stands out. I will tend to do like like retrospectives and breakdowns, like two hour long videos about the, oh, yeah. this entire series Absolutely. that I watched twenty years ago that I would I just don't have the time yeah. to watch it again. What's the, okay, what's the last thing that you watched on like your last television show that you watched? Like on regular TV or like millennial Netflix XYZ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like well, the last thing you sit down to binge watch. What was your last thing? Crazy Anatomy. New Girl. Really? Yeah. I just did Scavenger's Reign and and Primal. I feel like the the same thing. Yeah. The, the very very Primal's so fucking good. Okay. Well, here's the thing though. I I rewatch Grey's Anatomy every Christmas. It's like uh, my it's my holiday holiday show. I will sit and watch it because it's like a good background show when I just don't want to use my brain. Yeah. yeah. But the most recent one that I watched that was not that was Yellow Jackets. Is that so, good? I heard yes. it went off the rails. Holy mother um, of God! My sister in law is actually a uh, location scout on that. Holy oh, fuck, yeah. it's so good. It's like... It's, well, you it's, haven't steered me wrong yet. I just finished Midnight Mass three nights ago. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. But no, this one is basically Lord of the Flies, but a, a group of girls. A soccer team. And it's so good. Women's soccer team crush. They're I playing cried crash in the every episode they did. And it took it took me a long time to get through it. Yeah. But I highly recommend it. Anyways, why are we talking about shows right now? How did that happen? Well, oh. it was uh, just, oh, like just like what media. Media, yeah. we're media in general. Okay. I mean, if we're talking general media, the last thing I actually watched would have been Muppet Christmas Carol because I have to watch that every Christmas. Do you guys have regular Christmas must-watches? Muppet Christmas Carol is the only must-watch, and then I have a few other like seasonal favorites. My oh, brother, Charlie Brown Christmas as well is a must-watch. My brother and I watch Die Hard. Yeah, every, yeah. every Christmas Eve that we are together, we watch Die Hard. There's off years and on years, because now everybody has their respective families yeah. they go to, but my brother and I are together on like Christmas Eve with my, my father. We'll usually watch Die Hard. And then my mom's is, what is it called? Uh, Love Actually? That's oh. my mom's. Uh, that's that's a lot of people's, and I'm always like... That's- it, it's every but everything in that is so problematic. Problematic, so as problematic. Hell. But it's it's cute to watch. Um, it's best if you don't think about it. Yeah, no, yeah we don't no. think about using our employees as sexual yeah. gratification tools. There's a lot of that. In yeah. The, uh, anyway, 
Uh, Charlie and I get together about every three years or so and watch Gremlins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a rewatch. I have to do It's a Wonderful Life. That's me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my mom every year does the old uh, Alistair Sim uh, uh, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So like the old, old, old black and white yeah. one yeah. that is so stylized it's almost a play. Mm-hmm. And I will watch the shit out of it. I don't know what it is. I find it transfixing. And I yeah. have since I was like eight. So, so my wife and her grandmother with White Christmas. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. No, I, like, I remember, like, when my brother and I were young, and we would have that week off before Christmas mm-hmm. when you were kids. My brother and I would literally go through my dad's VHS collection and pick out 15 or 20 films that we were going to watch during that time frame. You're not allowed to watch anything off the yeah. top shelf. And, like, we would just... <laughs> it was mostly Star Trek, but, you know. Um, we would just, like, rotate through Everybody's the Everybody's got their kink. But, like, my brother and I were always obsessed with um, natural disaster movies. So volcano, Dante's Peak. My that, um, that was me. And my, that was me and my dad. Every time there was, we saw twenty twelve. We saw skyscraper. Yeah. We saw what was the San Andreas? Like mm. he was, he was excited. It was announced. Moonfall was announced before he died. We never got to saw it. Mm. And he was like, "I've heard it is the worst piece of shit." Oh, out probably. There. But he and I watched the core more times than I can fucking count. It is so bad. The, the theme song at the end of the core. It's so good. It's so good. good. The, every individual part of that right. movie except the plot yeah. is so, so good. good. <laughs> that movie is a fun watch, though. It's terrible, it but it yeah. is undeniably fun. It, it's basically like your... I don't know. I just It I is not a, a good, good movie, movie, but it is a fun movie. I remember, I remember when my dad lost his leg and he was in the hospital for like seven months. Yeah. He had uh, a small laptop and I would bring him USB sticks so he could watch shit on it, right? Yeah. And, I, and I have a folder on... Like, I ended up getting like a one terabyte drive and I loaded it up with... Just episodes of MASH, episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, and every fucking disaster movie from the Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, to the day after tomorrow. Everything Fantastic. I could find went into that. And like even even stuff like Daybreak, which is a Sylvester Stallone movie where they're trapped in a, I think, a subway system. I'm like, nobody's heard of this fucking movie. <laughs> I found it, and I got it for him, and, and he enjoyed the shit out of him. Every day I'd call him, if I, if I wasn't going to visit him. I'd call him and I'd be like, hey, what do you watch today? And he would give me a play-by-play. Fantastic. So, like, it was... I love disaster. Core memories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Megan's that, up. That was Megan. Me? Okay, let me bring out my hold list. Hold on, hold on. Okay, we have we have one, two, three, four left. Okay. Three of them we've bypassed on, which is Kyle and others. Uh, uh, we, we did oh, the first one we bypassed, which was the yeah. um, Infernal Machines. Okay, so, so there are two left. There's one for Megan and one for me. So... So here, flip a coin. Number eleven or number heads is eleven, tails is twelve. No, no it's four, I think. Heads is eleven. Heads is eleven. What the fuck kind of coin is this? Okay, it's <laughs> tails. <laughs> sure. Okay, so you got number the other four. one. I can do number four. Yeah. Okay. If y'all are tasked with writing an adventure whose primary purpose was to walk a, D- a new DM through learning how to be a good DM to brand new players, what would that look like? For example, start with explaining session zero and character creation, what's important to helping players create characters, questions and backstories, etc. Start the adventure in a way that explains hooks, what makes them good, and gives multiple options. Run a small encounter that teaches combat. This is a whole episode. It is. It really is. Uh, but, like, if I was to... So, weirdly enough, this is something that uh, Roman and I have been talking about because he's trying to do it for L5R. Okay. And I feel like you can do it for D&D as well. He's basically building a campaign that is how to play 
L5R for new players. Yeah. I feel like you could do that for a DM. I mean, we've got Lost Mines. Yeah. yeah we've got really good We also good have Dragons of Stormwreck and, Isles, yeah. which is really good. They're but, a lot of level 1 to 3 adventures. Yeah. That's the thing. D&D, 5th edition, 4th edition, all of them have modules that are available for you as a new DM at beginning level for you to teach mm-hmm. you how to play this game. But the problem with it is that they don't teach you some of the hardcore mar- mechanics in order. Like, yeah. they just assume that you're going to know cover, light. Yeah. yeah. They assume that you've read the whole DM. Yeah. Yeah. So... So you start off simple, of course you meet in a tavern so that we establish role-playing before combat. Yeah. yeah. Right? Then you leave the, the tavern so that you can establish exploration before combat. Yeah. And But you have to do combat by the end of the first session. Absolutely. You do. Because yeah. I think the thing about D&D specifically is that it is combat heavy. Not necessarily inherently built that way, but like it is no. built to have creatures and monsters and things like that you can fight and kill. But it absolutely is built that way because when you look at the, the classes and the way that they're built... 90% of the stuff is combat-related combat. yeah. shit. Yeah. So if you never run a combat... If there's never a combat session in a campaign, your champion fighter Doesn't has gone to waste. But if you never run role-playing, your champion fighter's still fine. Yeah. And yeah. that's true of almost every single... Character, yeah. yeah not, even right. just, not even just subclass, but, like, power. power. Yeah, yeah. All the every way ability. Yeah, until you get to, like, Mastermind Rogue and shit. Like, there's yeah. some, there's, but... There are some. I just sure. feel like there's no way... To teach a DM how to DM. Because we're all going to do it differently. Everyone's going to find something else more important. I do agree with that. You're going to have to hit the very specific pillars. So if I was to set a DM, new DM down, I would talk about the three pillars. Yeah. And be absolutely. like, every session, try and hit all three in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be equal. No. I think is the piece that a lot of DMs try and find the mistake in. That they try and find an equal amount of role play, an equal amount of exploration, an equal yeah. amount of fighting. No. Sometimes it's like five minutes to ten minutes of role play. A solid forty-minute-long battle that figured that ends with exploration because something popped off. Like yeah. th- it doesn't have to be even. Like it doesn't have to be balanced, but you do want to hit all. My three poor players point. have been in role play and exploration for like six sessions. Yeah. Not because I haven't given them opportunities for combat, because every time they've taken a direction, it's been going away from combat, and I feel so bad. Yeah, <laughs> but like here's the thing. Like I just did this role playing. Like the sorry, this D and D campaign this last Sunday. With this group of people that have not played D&D in a while. I have not DM'd D&D in a while. I DM'd L5R and I've played a lot of L5R. So I went back to D&D. But I've played a bit of D&D. But going back into the DM shoes for a hot minute, I took I struggled with NPCs. Mm-hmm. I struggled with bringing up the personality of that NPC. And I struggled with making them different enough and doing my descriptions yeah. the way that I would want to. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that I like took for myself to be like, okay, I felt this was chunky. The next time I played these is where I'm going to focus on to make sure that feels a little bit more solid. So as you do, learn by doing. So I have actually thought about this before, and no. you know, and, but I didn't do it for a, a campaign. I did it for a podcast mm-hmm. where we did, the very first thing we did was five very short episodes on Meet the DMs because this is your session zero. Yeah. Then we did three episodes each on the, the three pillars because it's important to introduce those early. Yeah. And then I focused on lore first because that's important. Yeah. And and we ran this method for the first three years where it was always lore, then world building. And monster. Uh, then, no, then two player, or two classes or sub, with subclasses. Right. I forgot what the class episodes. Yeah, then uh, monsters, then DM tips, and then a dragon. Yeah. And then on those seven episodes on repeat. Eventually the world building turned into DM tips and yeah. the campaign builder. And so we plugged the races in there because it's just more lore. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to set your setting first. So that's mm-hmm. the, the 
world building, the lore, the races, like this is your setting. Then your characters come next. Who are they playing and why? And we started off with Barbarian and Bard because big fighter, like big fighty class, and big, big role, big role playing, right? Like, so those ones were the first two that we did. Mm-hmm. The first monster we did was orcs because that's the easy one. Mm-hmm. So everyone has a touchstone because everyone knows what an orc is. World of Warcraft made that common knowledge. Yeah. And then um, we did campaign building. And then the simplest of dragons, which was, uh, we did a dragon intro. What are dragons? And then white dragons, right? right. That was a simple yeah. one. Yeah. And we extrapolated and built very slowly from there over three years to make the conversation bigger and broader. And because Terry didn't know a whole lot of lore back then. Mm-hmm. And Dan was coming off of previous edition lore and had a lot of the facts wrong. Yeah. And so I was doing a lot of this research. We would argue and we would fight. And we would try to find the right way to make this work until we hit about year three and we had settled. We knew what the rhythm was. We know how to do this. Not just podcasting, yeah. but what is this conversation actually yeah. looking like? What does it like? sound like? Which yeah. is why at this point I can they can ask us questions and we can say, hey, we want a book about kobolds. Yeah. Episode 17, we wouldn't have been able to tell you that, no. right? So so this is like, we're such a seasoned group now that is, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody that's a thing. I think you probably know more about Celestials, Brad, yeah. than, than Megan does. And Megan knows more about Undead than you do. Oh, but, hell of a lot and, more. And Giants. <laughs> and Giants. <laughs> giants Lord. and Undead are kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, they're Death Giants in your future. I know, I'm so, so stoked. So like, <laughs> it, it's, it's just interesting because... I have had to think that way. How do we yeah. introduce not just the the people playing, but like an audience to D and D grow with us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and we did that. That was the that was how the podcast going to go. And if you go back and listen to those early episodes, they're fucking rough because we're learning how to podcast. We have just the worst jokes. We go off on oh. bullshit tangents. Good we, thing we don't do any of that anymore. Well, we said to save it for these episodes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. yeah. At this point, we've got the people that like. Like Casey and Kyle and Peps, they write a script and they fucking stick to it. Yeah. Right? And then you've got Megan who flies by the seat of her pants on... Excuse me. I write things. <laughs> I have never seen your notes. They write it into the breakdowns. I never see your notes. No, I never do. So, yeah. So, that's why I say yeah. that. So, um, But, no, there are there are definitely the, like, super preppers that don't go off, off yeah. book. And then there's the rest of us who are... I'm 50-50. Yeah. So, um, I'll do the reading and take general notes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then I'll, so. like, try and read them and then be like, well, I should have taken better notes. I do that every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That leaves the last one for me, and that is... Number 11. Number 11. Uh... This is, this is a Star Trek question. Of course it came to me. Do you guys give a shit at all? Can I just pop on? Not one. I iota. don't watch Star Trek. You remember what happened when we discussed Jurassic Park? Yeah, you just glazed over. Yeah. When I said I didn't watch it and then I did finally watch it and I went, eh, it's overrated. Star Trek was like, I wasn't a, I wasn't a sci-fi nerd. My brother was. Mm-hmm. So I, I did the fantasy, he did the sci-fi. I, I had the problem with Star Trek where I looked at it and I'm like, that is too much water to drink out of that fire hose. I'm just going to avoid it altogether. Fair enough. What's the question, though? Pop off, King. <sighs> okay, no one else seems to want to say it. Do the Borg have genitals? Why was John Luke Picard special? Why did they turn him into Locutus? Was it because the Borg Queen impressed by his big swinging Picard? Uh, 
Okay, so the Borg are... Okay, let me see if I got this right. All right, yeah. The, the Borg are the androids, correct? No. No. Kind of. You're, you're in the right realm. They're all machines. I know, all I remember from... All I can think in my head, because here's the thing. We have All a, I know is Borg Cube. We, that's the thing. I was going to say Borg Cube, because in our family, we have a family tree that's mm-hmm. covered in Star Trek, Star Wars, and other nerddom ornaments. My mom calls it the crap tree. My dad calls it the good tree. Yeah, it is a good tree. Yeah, your dad's right on And this. we have a Borg Cube that sits yeah, there. Okay, so... And it talks. So... All right, so so here's just the, the 30-second breakdown, because I know you guys don't care. Um, and if people want me to pop off about Star Trek, I will do an episode about that. Do a Star Trek mailbag. Dude. Yeah, Go yeah ahead. absolutely. I'm all fucking for that because I've seen them all. Uh, I have an Adam Solo episode. I have opinions. <laughs> There's nobody else. There's nobody else. I don't think there is anyone else that does no. Star Trek in our group. Uh, no, all I know is Deep Space Nine is the best one. That's all yeah. I. Know. Well, I was going to say Voyager was what I've always been told is the best one. Yeah, but but Terry's wrong. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So Terry says Voyager, uh, Tyler is re-watching DS9, or watching for the first time with his wife yeah. right now and loving every fucking second of it. Dave has seen the majority of it, but I think he missed some of like the animated series and some of the bullshit. Out Fair there. enough. Okay. Anyway, uh, so here's the deal with the Borg. The Borg are uh, essentially, it's short for cyborg, although they never yeah. say that on the show. Yeah. So they're part flesh, part machine. Yeah. And the idea is that they... Uh, have superior technology, so your weapons won't work against them. And even if your energy weapons hit them, they will adapt and have they will have personal shields so that you only get two or three shots off. And then you, they will all the entire collective has a hive mind, so they will all just be immune to your shit. Learn now. how to be immune to your bullshit. Yeah. So imagine playing D and D, and suddenly fire spells don't work after round three. And then cold don't work after round three. And not just now, but for the rest of the campaign. This just sounds like to me every community of females to be like, okay, this guy's hit on me three times. Great. None of us are, <laughs> are, are going to take his shit. And there's a whole collective of females yeah, being like, it's a hive mind. What question was that? We should have brought that up shit. during the dating advice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Three times you're done. <laughs> yeah, three shots. So the idea, no no. the idea is that the Borg Damn Cube straight. showed up and the Borg Cube dwarfs even the biggest spaceship out there. So like, it's scary. It's big. And it just kind of beelines toward Earth to, like, th- they end civilizations. They show up, they just take all of the biological distinctiveness of this these people, mm-hmm. remove the parts they don't like, and slap machinery into the rest. And then they become more drones mm. with one big hive mind. In the show, in The Next Generation, the main character, the captain, Patrick Stewart, John Luke Picard, ends up getting kidnapped by the Borg, and they give him a name, Locutus. And he's the only he's one. No, it's it's actually uh, I think it's it's <laughs> Latin or Greek for for speaker or voice or something like, okay. like leader or something like. Well, that? it's specifically about speaking because he's the one passes the passes the message. Go he's ahead. the only unique one. Everyone else is the hive mind, and so they and that was the first time in syndicated history where we ended on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. in a in an hour long show. So it scared the shit out of everybody. Like, oh my god, is is the main actor gone? Only for them to spend the first episode of the next season rescuing him. And that's why we have cliffhanger endings today. It was mm. him. It was the Star Trek Next Generation that did that first. I thought that was because so, of Fozzie. Fozzie jumped in the shark. No, that's why That's why <laughs> we need to cancel the series faster. So so they went and they got him. They managed to undo all of the shit that, to him. But he's permanently, his character from then on has PTSD about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then they have a movie later on that's Borg-centric that has a queen... That actually runs the hive, just like a bee colony, sure. right? So, and she focuses on the main characters again, and so that's what this question is: Do they have genitals? Why was he special? Why would they bother to turn him into Lacutus in the first place? 
Um, and was it because the Borg Queen was impressed by his big swinging Picard? So that's that's why where this question. I'll answer the first and last question. I'm going to say no with no other history other than what you just told us. No, they don't have genitals, and no, she wasn't impressed by what he had downstairs. I they 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 don't need to reproduce. They don't need to reproduce. So why would they have them? But why it would seems superfluous? I don't think that they would need to remove them because they tend to remove like sensory organs and arms and hands. Yeah. Right, so that they can do things and sense things better. Mm. For stuff like, uh, you don't need a pancreas anymore, yeah. but they're not going to bother to remove it. They're just going to let it be there, right? So uh, there are some instances, I believe, if I remember this correctly, where the biological side dies and the robot side is just running essentially a robot zombie. for Yeah, a while. Like, okay. So, um, but they don't bother to remove the body. Just walk down the street and it just falls off. Yikes. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway... The reason that he was special was because he was the captain of the flagship that was the first one that defeated them. He was turned into Locutus because they needed a voice to be able to communicate with everyone else because for the first time in Borg history, they had been defeated by a biological-only race. Yeah. The Borg Queen was invented because the studio thought that uh, if we're going to make a movie about them, we need to have a villain and not just a faceless Entity. Makes Entity. Sense. So yeah. so they created a Borg Queen to be overtly sexual mm-hmm. at, at a couple of the characters. At just Product of the times. Uh, every time. Like, All time. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, and I actually really like the Borg storyline. I think it's interesting. It's neat. It's unique. It It's also been done to death. And if we don't see him again, I'm happy for a while. So. Yeah. Perfect. Huh. So, yeah. That's your answer. That's my answer. That's not my, it's not my favorite part of Star Trek. It's a little bit silly when you stop to think about how they have to keep retconning it. Yeah. And how, like, once you get captured, it's known. Once you get captured, you never get rescued. You're done. That's it. They kill... We will kill you to save you if you're in the midst of getting transformed. Mm -hmm. However, on, like, seven different occasions, they've turned people back. Right? So, like, it's just that whatever's convenient for the plot. Sure. And the Borg went from being really scary to being Monster of the Week. So, Mm -hmm. I'm not interested. So, Hmm. anyway, there we go. That's a mailbag. That's a mailbag. That's. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we wrap this up? It's good to be back in a mailbag chair. I like these episodes. They're fun. They're always fun. They're always entertaining. No prep. I can be myself. <laughs> yeah, no, and, no, and no prep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to be on for these ones. We just no. have to babble, which is nice. Us. Yeah, as soon as you're like, we're just going to record this episode and not another episode, I was just like, yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. Usually, it's usually a fight. I, I, like the mailbags. I will last minute drop in, first come, first serve, who's in. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. it was supposed to be Dave. He dropped out this week. It was Adam supposed, messaged it, it was me. supposed to like, be Terry, but yeah. he's on the other side of the country. So yeah. then, then. Adam messaged me. He's like, Dave dropped out. Do you want in? I'm like, mailbag? Yeah, I'll do a mailbag I last minute. Terry, yeah, so you you're welcome. Yeah. We are welcome, Internet, for today's today's beautiful episode. But we're, we're going to schedule Dan, Dave, and Kyle for the next one. Because of these questions. That'll questions. be a fun one. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Uh, that's it for this episode of the It's Mimic Podcast. You can reach us on all the regular places. It's on every other episode. Um, thanks for supporting us. Thanks again to the patrons because new computer, hopefully Boxing Day. Um, we have a donate button on our website at www.itsmimic.com. Uh, <laughs> Megan's recorded a few of these. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the podcast is It's a Mimic. You already knew that. I uh, hope so. Yeah, Surprise. So, uh, Are you okay? Where you never know what you're going to get. So it's been a long ass day. You're not wrong.
I do, however, have one last question from Dan. Okay. Oh, boy. And it doesn't count for the regular episode because it's fucking Dan. Okay. Can you waterboard someone with a healing potion? And if so, what happens? No, you can't. You can physically pour liquid down the throat of an unconscious person, so I'm going to say yes. A healing potion is how big? I can't... Undefined. I cannot I cannot waterboard you with even a four liter milk jug. That's what I mean. It's just yeah. like if you're th- if if the question as written is Oh, can you I see you're trying to like actually waterboard waterboard. Yeah, with no. A, with a potion, it is it is yay big and I'm holding my hands up to be a nice sizable 3 inches, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that is at least 7. Thank you very much. Someone is lying today and we won't tell you who. <laughs> waterboard somebody with that amount no. of wood. I will say this. I did manage to scalp Dan's character, like pull it, peel the scalp back, saw into his skull, and peel it back and start pulling at his brains. Sorry, Dan or his character? It's his character. Yes. <laughs> while force feeding his character healing potions. To keep him alive? To keep, keep him, him alive. alive. I did do that and the rest of the party had to come in and rescue his dumb ass for getting captured. That's a, it's a regular thing. Yeah. It's a regular curse. So, so that... Concept has happened in our game, yeah. yeah. Right, like we're hurting you and healing you at the same time. Just keep you at one hit point yeah. while you're restrained. Yeah. Um. So that's the best you're gonna get. No, you can't waterboard no. someone. That's no, different. No. Different feel. Different. Totally different effect. I so desperately want to know what it's like to be waterboarding because everyone talks about how scary it is, and I'm like, but you're never in any real danger, and like you, I, can you die from it? Yes. From waterboarding? Yes, you can. Can you? Because yes. it's just it's just the... No, but your wet. body can have the reaction of suffocation just by simply your brain thinking you're suffocating. And suffocation of drowning. But, but, like, no, no, but I don't think you can... No, but your brain can kill you by thinking I mean. that like, you are it, suffocating. It's going to happen. But, but if you know ahead of time that I'm just being waterboarded... Uh, there is a point where your brain... I know, you I, know and, 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 that, and that's my point. I'm wondering what my limit is. I never want to find out. No. But well, I'm so curious. I was going to say, Adam, Megan's got a free afternoon. No, I, Let me I, get my bag of healing potions. I, I, I know that I, it's one of those it's things. Fireball. It's one of those things where it's like I have this innate like th- th- those mm-hmm. intrusive thoughts where you hold your hand over yeah. a candle flame, and I'm just like I wonder how long I can. Uh-huh. I I have those occasionally, and I just and I know better. I have I yeah. have twisted ankles. I know how far I cannot jump now. But I remember being younger, going I can make that. Yeah. And not being able to. I remember running so fast down a hill one time because I thought it was a good idea. If uh-huh. I just keep my legs going, I'll be fine. fine. But no, I went too fast and my went like a top heavy mm-hmm. and skittered just like gravel hill yep. on my chest, ripped my whole shirt open, big road rash. If you haven't done right. it, you haven't had a childhood. Right? And that's just it. I mean, scouting well, is good I, for that I too. mean, that happened in my mid-20s, but... <laughs> I once yeah. watched a drunk girl fall down an up escalator. <laughs> I've I have bruises and scabs from escalators, from running down hills, from all that shit yeah. when I was in my mid twenties thinking I was but invincible. You're like, I can do this. I busted my right knee doing skydiving and landing wrong. I busted my left knee from doing drunken cheerleading. I have Were you a cheerleader? <laughs> I was a cheerleader. <laughs> oh, I just learned new facts. This is fun. <laughs> Fuck. I'd have been a cheer follower. <laughs> no, I, was, I was a cheerleader after high school. I was a cheerleader in college. Yeah, <clears throat> paid my bills. I'm not even touching. Number five, that. orange. <laughs> Holy I'm not shit. cheerleading. <laughs> First and ten Rams go fight win. Just saying. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> How many Rams? None of your business. <laughs> What's the worst injury you've gotten? The worst injury? I've yeah, gotten? physical injury. We're not talking emotional scars. Oh, 
Physical injury. That's um, minor then. I broke a leg playing soccer. Tib fib. Broke the tib in two yeah, places, shattered sucked. the fibula, had screen, screws, plates. Were you playing it. with a medicine ball? Like, fuck. No, I had bowling a... ball soccer? I had there? a fat kid land on top of my leg with the ball oh, underneath my leg. Shit, yeah, that'll do it. My mom heard the snap on the other side of the field. I think I know that story, actually. Yeah. I think you've told me that before, yeah. Uh, I popped a disc playing basketball when I was in Ooh. high school. And it was, like, a weird, like, I have always had, like, a, a not great spine. <laughs> uh, but I remember going up for, like, a layup and then being, like, shoved. Mm-hmm. And then I landed wrong. And then it literally two of my discs slid out of place. And oh, I just hit God. the ground and didn't get up. Oh. And the worst part was is our coaches at the time, because this was a practice. Mm-hmm. This wasn't even at a game. Our coaches were these 19-year-old boys that didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It was 5 o'clock at night. The gym, like, this was when landlines were a thing. Yeah. So the gym, they didn't know how to get a hold of my mom. Finally got a hold of my mom instead of calling the fucking ambulance. ambulance. Yeah. And so my mom came and just started yelling at these gentlemen, put me in the car, and immediately took me to the hospital because I couldn't move. Oh, like yeah. I was like paralyzed from the waist down for a while. And that took me a long time to recover from. I, to this day, my back will go out every couple of months. Like it just, it's just not the, what it was since I was 16 years old. Jesus. <laughs> so that would be my worst one. That one and the cheerleading drunk and cheerleading knee episode, because that took about four months for me to be able to walk properly again. I low-key believe that the the low-impact, no-impact sports like mm-hmm. soccer and basketball and baseball, when you get injured doing those, you're fucked up. Yeah. Because it takes a while. Like, like you can get a concussion once from football. You can get... It's the it's the ongoing cumulative effect of concussions. Like, like, like you, don't, you don't get concussions in basketball. I mean, it happens. It but does. like, yeah. But, like... You're talking ACL. You're talking like mm-hmm. like slip discs. Like it is so fucking bad. It is. Not... I uh, I got three concussions in cheerleading. Cheerleading is different though. You're doing so much fucking backflip. I and... had bodies land on me on mm-hmm. multiple occasions. Like it's just that's how it goes. So were you doing cheerleading, Megan, or was it just <laughs> a bunch of drunk girls? We were a stunt team. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the human demolition. Parkour. <laughs> Parkour. <laughs> Fuck. That's something that I don't have the guts to do. No yeah. hard. No hard pass. No. No. Thank you. So, yeah. Invincible. I mean, I am invincible. I will live forever. I'm lucky if I make it to next week. No, I'm going to live forever by cursing somebody. Like, I will come back. <laughs> well, yeah, we will resurrect you, Megan. Yeah, I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> if you if you ever die, we're searching your house for stones and rituals. To Crystals. be able to, yeah, we're going to put them all in the right place at the right time, say the word, and I then did, Megan's going to come I weirdly had this conversation with my sister this morning. I said, when I pass, Fuck. <laughs> I want my body, when it's cremated, to be compressed into four gems, and then you scatter them around the earth, and then I will come back when they are brought back together. <laughs> She's like, this is really fucked up, Megan. And I'm just I just like, want to be cremated with fireworks <laughs> in my pockets. <laughs> I want to become somebody's pocket sand. <laughs> no, I, I, want to be, I want to be scattered around the woods. All right, that's cool. No, not cremated first. I want people to find my <laughs> Oh, you can be those shoes that washed up around Vancouver oh, for so long. Do you, did you ever know what that was? I, I, no. Okay. Did they figure it out eventually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, this was a weird thing. I had like 2000, what, 16? Yeah. Right? Uh, do you remember this, Megan, with all those shoes with all feet? All the feet, feet and shoes, yeah. yeah we, they li- I kept, lived here, yeah. yeah. They, they kept washing up on the shores, and people were like, there's, there's the foot serial killer. But no. nobody was showing up, or no no corpses or cadavers. No, just the feet. Just the no. feet. And it wasn't until they started to get matching shoes that they finally figured out what was going on. There had been a plane crash, like a small plane crash that they knew about, yeah. but it had gone down in the water years ago. And the fish ate the bodies? The fish ate the bodies, but the shoes were buoyant. Right. So the shoes all floated up and then washed right. ashore. Yeah. And they still had feet in them because the fish couldn't get to the feet. Right. So that's where this is coming from, huh. right? So that's that was 
like there was no crazy mafia shit that no, people were thinking. That was the original was, one. Yeah, I was like yeah. sending a message. Yeah. yeah, so disappointing, but you it's know. like it's like hearing hoofprints and thinking zebra. <laughs> and on that note, weirdly enough, <laughs> I don't know where your mouse is on your nine hundred monitors. 